Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. I'm Josh, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about the radios. So let's get started, shall we? And we want to make a note here. A big thank you to Alpha Antenna for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Alpha Antenna has a impressive array of antennas, both for base station, portable, and their HOA Buster, which is what we are giving away next podcast. We are picking a winner in the next podcast. So this is your opportunity to get in on the action. Leah, very quickly, let's tell everybody what is in that prize package and how the heck do they get involved in this? It's one 10 to 80 meter HOA Buster antenna, one uh, 60 foot 80, uh, 10 to 80 meter HOA MCOM element, 18 feet of Alpha RG58U uh, and an MCOM equipment bag. They can enter by going into the show notes. Oh. There is a link to an entry form. But here's the tricky thing. Uh-oh. There's a trick. What we really want mm-hmm. is for not only you amazing podcast listeners to be able to win, but we want fans of Alpha Antenna to win so this week's secret word is i guess a number yeah exactly. (laughs) it's actually a number you're gonna head on over to the amazing alphaantenna.com website uh i will have a link in the show notes as well sure go ahead and you're gonna have to answer a trivia question Uh uh-oh here we go and the question is, what is the minimum combined length of the gutter and downspouts that's necessary to use the HOA buster? There you go. And the cool thing about the prize pack is if you don't have that maximum length needed, you can just use that element that comes in the kit. Amazing. It works both ways. So there you go. Well, we appreciate Alpha Antenna again for sponsoring the episode. and Big thank you, Steve. We hope the winner is very excited when they get the antenna. Well, Leah, how has been your week this week? Oh, so hectic. Ne- and next week is Tech Week for... Tech Week? Right. I'm working on Quarter End. Uh-huh. Uh, ben has Tech Week mm-hmm. for his uh, Frozen Junior performance that's happening on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would offer to give people tickets, but I'm pretty sure it's going to sell out. Oh, because so- coveted. I'll be scalping mine. Yeah. <laughs> Contact me. Do you know how many family members people have coming? So many. For the main cast alone, mm-hmm. I think each person is buying 30 to 35 tickets. How much are these tickets? For adults, it's $10. Mm-hmm. For kids, it's $5. But the last show I went to, it was $20 for a ticket. And I, I love my my friend's kids. I do. But that's more than going to see a movie in premium seats. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it is. It's true. It that, is. It's asking a lot. So what was the, what there was the last one? There wasn't even reclining leather seats. Was it at, Aladdin, the last one? It was Annie. Oh, I would not pay $30 to see Annie. 20 That's what I'm saying. That's why they had to make it 20 What? <laughs> They'll pay. People will pay $30 to see Frozen, but they won't pay... Oh, $30 to see And Annie. you know what? Annie is extremely problematic. Oh, yeah. 
the whole thing just doesn't hold up no. in a lot of ways. No, no, no. Right? And uh, because I want to say Roosevelt is in Annie. Yes. <laughs> There's Roosevelt is one of the characters in uh-huh. Annie. Okay. And then they had Daddy Warbucks making snide jokes about liberals. Oh, it was, like... I don't know if that's in the original script because I don't remember anything about <laughs> I don't it. remember this being so modern now. <laughs> Why does Daddy Warbucks have a MAGA hat on? <laughs> this is weird, guys. <laughs> I just... I. It perplexed me because then they also made references to Teslas. Right. Yeah, yeah. They definitely monitored. So I don't I, I don't understand why they needed to get political at all. It's children's theater. Be cool. <laughs> like, right on. Yeah. yeah. Be, be, calm down a little bit. It's for kids. Well, I myself have got another hot uh, job going on the printer right now. Ooh. I'm printing a uh, pegboard plier holder. For all my little wire cutters and stuff. Why don't you take oh, the booyah. why don't you take the pegboard things that you printed for me? Because it turns out they are not the right shape for my mm. pegboard. I have way too many wires for what I what I made for you. It's not gonna work for me. You just need five. <laughs> like, I have way more than five. I have a box that contains all my right, wires. But you could for keep this, your most commonly used wires. For this wireless hobby. <laughs> I got a lot of wires. I don't know what to tell you. It's a it's a lot. Josh wakes up in a start in the morning, going, "What's Get my, my printer doing? What's my printer? Is it done? Is my printer done? How's my baby? How's my baby? <laughs> Did you do good for daddy?" Uh, yes. So I'm very much in love with my printer. And if you want to hear more of me talking about 3D printing, I did talk about it on the last live stream after chat. It was the stealthy clandestine radio video that I did. Nice. And I ended up purchasing the Bamboo P1P. So, to, And I can affirmatively say, this is a good printer. No question. To make a radio stealthy, do you just paint it camouflage? And then you can't find it anymore. I mean, that's how you make it tactical. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But not necessarily the camo, no. But thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. We'd like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Very ominous on that one. Nicely done. Nicely done. So this is filthy, no good, spurious emissions. Ooh. Yeah. I I dropped a video this uh, week on the Talk Pod, Talk Box, one of those things. Uh, It's a handheld radio. It's like a Baofeng clone. Going after them Baofeng bucks that everybody seems to be uh, making money on. It's surprising how many people have made, I'm I'm, a, I'm guessing, millions of dollars off of these $25 radios. I, I can guarantee. Like They're there's, $35 now. Well, yeah, now. But uh, you know, I think you can still find them for $25. Anyway, this, uh, this company came out with what I thought was a very cool radio. The case is transparent, Leia. Just oh. like we did back in the 90s. All the transparent Everything electronics. Everything is back. Yeah. You know what? You need a caboodle. That's, you need a caboodle. I don't have makeup to put in a caboodle. You put your radios in it, man. It's not going to fit in a caboodle. It's, gonna, for, it's for makeup shape you can, things. You can put in a few handy talkies, mm-hmm. and then there's compartments for your accoutrements. 
So many coax adapters. Yes. <laughs> so many coax adapters in my caboodle. Think about it. I will. I will. That's... I'm actually going to think about it. This I will think about. Caboodles were, uh, as, a, as a boy, I remember growing up going, I'm kind of jealous of that. <laughs> the organization that's possible in this one device. I think Caboodles makes a Caboodles Pro now, which is essentially a hard-sided case mm -hmm. that's on wheels. Wow. For makeup, though. For or, people that work or, at Mac. Or whatever you want. Let me see if I can pull it up. Okay, you, you, while you pull you that do. up while I continue. Yeah. yeah. Well, spurious emissions are, it's, a, it's an issue, right? We've talked about it before. It's an issue kind of for two reasons. There's the, the very real issue of the FCC basically saying, hey, if you've got a radio and you're selling it, it can't produce spurious emissions. And there's a limit to how strong spurious emissions it can put out. The second thing is that, yes, they actually do transmit on those, those harmonics, those radio harmonics off of that fundamental frequency. So in the test I did on the video, you can see that the, the radio that I'm listening, my receiving radio, is hundreds of megahertz off of the primary frequency, which in my case was uh, 146.500. And yeah, it was just, uh, it's, it's wild actually to kind of see it in person and go, oh yeah, I'm literally being heard on other, not just ham radio frequencies, but other radio services. And it's just happening as a byproduct of just keying up that radio. So yeah, that's why the, the FCC standards exist, but it's been really interesting, the comments in that video of people saying like, dad, does this really matter? Is this that big a deal? And the thing that I like to point out and remind people of is that the FCC isn't exactly there to come hunt down hams who they largely think police themselves or hunt down CB operators, although they have in the past or GMRS operators, etc. They're there to set standards that kind of everyone has to play by. Are you telling me mm -hmm. there's not a special forces team of the FCC? There used to be. They, they, they used to have an enforcement bureau that was way more involved uh, in enforcement than they are today. Special ham crimes. Yeah. The, what is require. that? Not the SVU, though. The, yeah. The SHC, special ham crime. Yes. Very good. Very good. So they don't really care as much as they used to. But the thing to keep in mind is we don't want AT&T to just start using equipment that creates spurious emissions. We don't want our, our broadcast FM stations to start doing this. We don't want AM stations to start doing this. We want there to be standards for that purpose. Because yeah, I don't want Ryan Seacrest yeah. creating spurious emissions. Why am okay. I hearing Ryan Seacrest on my bread mixer, Mommy? <laughs> like, I, it, you know. Mommy, what's Ryan's roses? <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off right now. <laughs> Those people are morons. Turn it off. <laughs> so the, the point, though, of all this is, is sometimes you need a bit of, you know, specialty equipment to look into what your radio is really doing. And it goes outside what a normal ham might purchase. And sure, I talked about things like the tiny SA, which is the tiny spectrum analyzer in the video. But there I'm are... I'm glad you clarified that because I thought that this would be a case for SVU. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tiny one, though. It's very small. It's a very small essay. Oh, my God. So, so there are other devices, and, and we like to call them, um, oh, boy, service monitors. Yes, that's what we – Leia, stop showing me pictures of Caboodle Pros. Look, this one's I have clear. no interest in this. I have this no interest. clear. You can see your radios I from the outside. Though. No interest in look, this. Look, look. I'm trying to do the ham radio minute. Okay. And you're showing me Caboodles. <laughs> caboodles of today. 
which no one asked for. No one wanted this. It's it's a case you never knew you needed. I, I'm sure I don't need it. Th- this one is see-through. <laughs> so you can immediately see what radios you have stored in the caboodle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what you did there. You can turn it into a go box. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. So a service monitor. Got this all wrong. <laughs> service monitor lets you test radios that have higher power output without, you know, necessarily having as many attenuators on uh, as I had to with the tiny SA. Plus, they're just a lot more accurate from a calibration standpoint. And hey, guess what? That's going to be the topic of the live stream this week. I have quite a couple of interesting folks that I'm going to have on the live stream to talk about service monitors, spectrum analyzers, and other important test equipment that, yeah, you can likely get used that you're not going to lose an arm and a leg Who on. are these kings and queens amongst hams? The Ham Radio DX, one Hayden, and the Smokin' Ape. Oh, man. The Smokin' Ape is going to be on my live stream. I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, I'm looking that, forward to like, it. You can't smoke there, though, right? What's that? It's a... He knows that it's a no smoking zone, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he smokes in his his own uh, domicile. That's his choice. Anyway, yeah, thanks, guys. And here's a reminder on our announcements. Make sure you go check out our nets. Every week we do two HRCC nets. Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we do the digital net. And I believe our digital nets cover Yesu System Fusion, D-Star, DMR, and I think even now P25, which is pretty impressive. So it takes a little bit of doing on the P25. I'm still working up to get that all set up. I think I got it, but uh, I'm going to start patronizing the nets all over again from a new digital mode. And then on Friday is our HF net. This is going to be same time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Both of these nets are coordinated on our Discord. The link is in the show notes. For the HF net, you go to hashtag HF-net. And for the digital net, you go to, I think it's like YSF, DMR, D-Star, Digital Modes. If you go to that chat room, that will get you into that net. So if you haven't go. done it yet, hmm. make checking into that net your next goal. Yeah. Yeah. Set a reminder. Make it your weekly thing you do. Because you know what would be super amazing? Mm-hmm. In case of a catastrophic situation, mm-hmm. if that net really ended up helping people. I mean, that's kind of what they are. They're mock emergency drills. Exactly. When you get right down to it, that's what a net's So make sure about. you can check in. Because, you know, HRCC peeps are the best. I agree. That means, Leia. Oh. Is it time... For the first general test of the new question pool? I guess. Would you like to take a test? But uh, this this feels a lot like at the end of my workouts with Helen, mm-hmm. where she's like, time for burpees. And I'm like, God, does it have to be? <laughs> does it, must we burpee? <laughs> Just... Burpees are good for you. I know. Good for your joints. Keep you young. Is that is that what they do? Mm-hmm. Or it degrades them quickly if you're like bone on bone arthritis or something. Oh, man. So really two ways to go on this one. I thought I already started under the new I don't know. test pool. I don't think so. I have a test in progress, so I'm just going to keep going with that. No, I think you start the new question pool. <sighs> Nobody's... You, you can't say like you got a, a hot vintage test. <laughs> Well, what do you, what do you, 
What are you showing off for? It's done. You can't. You're supposed to be helping people here, Leia. We're supposed to be doing a service. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is a question I've never seen before. You know why? <laughs> you know why that is? I don't even know what these things mean. I don't know what the options are. What? Grave mistakes. <laughs> I love it. I love it already. Okay, well, I am on question one of 35 okay. of the new... The new... Test pool. Yes, indeed. Which of the following is an odd order intermodulation product of frequencies F1 and F2? <laughs> A, all these choices are correct. B... 5F1 to 3F2. Uh-huh. C, 2F1 to F2. Or D, 3F1 to F2. I, I don't even... Just tell me... Okay, the answer is 2F1 to F2. What are these things? What's the question again? Yeah, now you're not going to be able to pass. I don't remember what it was. Which of the following is an odd order into modulation project? Sorry, product of frequencies F1 and wow, these. That's a hard question. What what have they done here exactly? What what's that? (laughs) What is two F1 to F2? Odd order intermodulation product. Okay, what is an odd order intermodulation product? I'm, what is that? <laughs> Let's start there. I, I'm guessing, and, and uh, I'm sure people will correct me if I get this wrong. That's when you have uh, like a mixer, right? And you have an an oscillator in your radio that is taking the RF in and it's mixing it with a local oscillator to produce a product, and that's the intermodulation mixing product. So the odd order is going to be two to one, basically. Okay. You know what? I We're gonna am do not sure about this. We're going to do I something different. Study a t- <laughs> You're like, we're I'm out? Do, I'm we're done? We're going to do something different. I'm done. What is that? What, what is going on? Did you just flow? I saw you just throw a flag right now. <laughs> I'm going to go back to ham study instead of taking just the, the test. In, I, I use two different apps. Okay. I'm going to go... Mm-hmm. Through ham study mm-hmm. with each element. I'm, I'm going to focus on one element at a time. That is how I would normally study if I'm trying to learn something. Okay. <laughs> versus pass a test. You okay. know what I'm saying? So we're going to do it this way. We we're did gonna... start out that way with the general. Yeah. If I remember correctly, let's that's do, how you let's started do it, it again. Okay. All right. I'm in G1. <laughs> okay. On which HF and or MF amateur bands are there portions where general class licenses cannot transmit? This is like the reverse of the other question. Mm-hmm. A, 80 meters, 20 meters, 15 meters, and 10 meters. B, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, and 12 meters. C, 160 meters, 60 meters, 15 meters, and 12 meters. Or D, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. And the answer is 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. Okay. 
The hint is an easy way to remember this is to start at 80 and divide by two to get to 40, then again by 20. And the answer will always be... <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a hot tip. Just look for the, the, the answer with the uh, most multiples of 20. <laughs> that's just... The best way to remember this is, I don't know, do math about it. <laughs> On which of the following bands is phone operation prohibited? Oh, you know that. A, 30 meters, B, 12 meters, C, 17 meters, or D, 160 meters? The answer is 30 meters. Correct. All right. Which of the following bands is image transmission prohibited? Oh. A, 20 meters, B, 160 meters, C, 12 meters, or D, 30 meters? And the answer is D, 30 meters. 30 meters. 30 meters is like really restrictive. It's the Gestapo of hand bands. <laughs> Which of the following amateur bands is restricted to communication only on specific channels other than frequency ranges? A, 30 meters, B, 60 meters, C, 11 meters, or D, 12 meters? Did you go the, 30 the, again? I did. <laughs> the 60. answer, you're not supposed to say the wrong answer, Josh. But you were... You, 60 meters. You looked at me so confident, like, I see what they're doing here. You thought that this was just going to be like a 30-meter show. 30, 30, 30, 30. Always go with 30 <laughs> on this one, fellas. No, it's 60. So here's the mnemonic. Transmission on 60 meters is limited to channels like... The seconds hand on a watch is limited to pointing to one of the 60 seconds. What? I <laughs> am. Very, I, I love you, ham study. <laughs> this, I'm not sure like, you know what a mnemonic device like, is. <laughs> how about you learn every other way to remember this answer? <laughs> Other than. <laughs> so it does explain the 60 meter band is a shared frequency range where the government has primary rights and amateur radio is restricted to communicating as a secondary service only on specific channels. This is to keep the possibility of signal interference at a minimum. There you go. Uh, so there's that one. <laughs> yes. On which of the following frequencies are general class licensees prohibited from operating as control operator? A, all of the above. B, 21.275 megahertz to 21.300 megahertz. C, 28.000 megahertz to yes. uh, 28.025 megahertz. Or D, 7.125 megahertz to... 7.175 megahertz. Uh -uh. Okay, that one. Just remember that it's the sevens. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> That'll get you. <laughs> All right. Am I, is that five? It mm -hmm. is, right? Okay, we can do one more. Okay. Which of the following applies when the FCC rules designate the amateur service as a secondary user on a band? A, amateur stations may use the band only during emergencies. 
Mm-hmm. B, amateur stations may only operate during specific hours of the day while primary users are permitted 24-hour use of the band. C, amateur stations must record the call sign of the primary service station before operating on a frequency assigned to that station. Mm-hmm. D, Amateur stations must not cause harmful interference to primary users and must accept interference from primary users. And the answer is D, in fact. There you go. Well, hey, if you'd like to study along with Leia, for all you people that are taking the new general class. Come join me. I'll really do it this time. I'll really do it this time. (laughs) We highly recommend hamstudy.org. You can take your practice exams there. You can just read the tests and you can learn a little bit on those info pages that Leia was exploring as she ran through the first sub-element of the first part of the general test. We also, you're going to say something about that? I was going to say that I think that the the bad hint tips mm-hmm. actually force you to learn. <laughs> You're like, is that that hint tip is worse <laughs> than just, just having it. the knowledge. <laughs> we also really like the Gordon West test prep books that are available on Amazon. And yep, he's got them for Technician General and Extra. And he also has a variety of other FCC licenses that you can uh, take outside of amateur radio, which is great too. So links are in the description to Amazon for that. And we like the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio License books and their Audible series. So that's an audiobook as well. Links for everything is going to be in the show notes. So we appreciate you taking a look at that. Join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We would really like it if you did that. It's the only way Leah knows that the podcast episodes are any good. And or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious. We appreciate it. With that said, no review this week, Leah. This so. is a- this is a trash a podcast. Dud of a podcast last week. <laughs> An absolute trash pile. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot after the other. For I prepare to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed. I like to let it, the sound finish. Really, let that intensity settle. You know? Calm me down a little bit. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> this week, I'm going to suggest caboodles. <laughs> you know what you need in your prepare your your fast paced preparedness lifestyle. Caboodle. <laughs> I kind of. And for all your important documents, the trapper keeper. <laughs> Did they make a fireproof trapper keeper? That'd be amazing. No, because it's straight fire. (laughs) Dog. Well done. Well done. Well, this week, we're going to talk about a small story about a 4th of July fire. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon, Leah. I don't know. And uh, um, hilariously... This story was posted to r slash preppers by Fat Cat Leia. <laughs> Leia, you can't seed the preparedness corner with your own fiction, prepper fiction that you're making. I don't know who this person is, but I just had to. They're on the right track. Yes. 
We didn't fat talk about- cat Leia. <laughs> what? So we didn't talk about this last week. We probably because it wasn't Fourth of July, right? Yeah, and we. Or this was a warning for Fourth of July. Is what you're saying? Well, this is now the aftermath of Fourth of July because we didn't say something. This happened. We are. I, I quite ironically, if if you don't remember, we've described how our city and the neighboring city of Artesia mm-hmm. is built. Yes. So <coughs> Cerritos is almost like the shape of a C yeah. or a, an upside down U. Yeah. And Artesia is literally the nodule in the cavity of yeah. the C or it's, the U. It was like somebody made a spite out. town. Artesia was like, we don't want your crazy rules. Did you see us. our well? Yeah. An Artesian well? We are self-sufficient. Yeah. Thank you. We have our own water. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But as a result, uh-huh. the the codes in Artesia right. are much looser than yeah. they are in Cerritos. Sure. Uh, for instance, there was a uh, corporate dispensary chain <laughs> <laughs> trying to open up in Artesia. Which we have nothing against dispensaries. The reason I'm laughing is because of the the quote-unquote ad campaign that the company tried to put together on Facebook, which was one of the most tone-deaf things I've ever (laughs) heard in my life. Okay, so they really only needed support from artisans. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they decided to come into super conservative Cerritos Facebook group to post their ad campaign. Right, right, right. Which just then resulted in all of the parents from the neighboring school... (laughs) To their desired plot, yeah. organizing to go to a city council meeting <laughs> for a city they're not even resident. They're not even of. in. Okay. Right. We're we're upset about our neighboring city. Yeah. We're gonna go to Shelbyville. <laughs> right. But one of the, I guess, bonuses of living in Artesia. Mm-hmm is that they can sell fireworks. They can set off fireworks yeah. in their city. Yep. So, And it, it, we should be clear, it's like California safe and sane. Right, it's not the right. stuff that shoots in the air. Although there was plenty of that. Yes. Oh, I remember when I lived in that apartment in uh, like the Pico Rivera area. Yeah, dude, Pico. The sky was thick with smoke. Pico was awesome. For that. just people setting off illegal fireworks. We could just sit on the balcony on like the, what was it, like the fourth floor or something like that and just watch. Yeah, starting days before. Yeah, days okay. before. It was a week-long celebration, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, so what ends up happening is in Cerritos, we are not allowed to do that. So no. all the fireworks stands kind of denote the corners in which Cerritos turns They're right on the boundaries right? of, yep, yep. And... I always thought that was really ironic because the groups that those in our area, the groups that put on those uh, fireworks stands, Mm -hmm. those are nonprofits. It is one of their major fundraisers for the year. Like a high school had one. Right. Almost every nonprofit organization was a Cerritos nonprofit organization. That was running in Artesia. 
uh, can we just use this corner of your lot to do this fundraiser for something we're not allowed to do in our city? So funny. (laughs) So that being said. So we see our neighbors as we're buying fireworks like, hey, Bob. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't shoot those off in Artesia? No. An argument ensued in our neighborhood Facebook group. This is about the dispensary. Back to the dispensary. No. We're still it's talking about, about fireworks. fireworks. Oh my goodness. Okay. So somebody who was a previous resident and then uh, when they were like much younger, like kids, right? Mm-hmm. Came back to live in Cerritos and then started going, when did Cerritos outlaw fireworks? Blah, 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 blah. Well, they've been outlawed here for over 30 years mm-hmm. because what ends up happening is people set off fireworks. They hit somebody's shingled roof and shingled it's game roofs over. are like done now. Those don't exist anymore. Like the wood shingles, they're gone. Sure. That, fair. But my point is mm-hmm. that <laughs> then people had to break it to her that if she had been setting off fireworks, <laughs> she had been doing it illegally <laughs> and way to narc on yourself publicly. <laughs> right? Right, right. At, but the sentiment in our city is still those fireworks, even the safe and sane ones, cause fires. Sure. And well, they can cause fires, of it's course. It's great that Cerritos doesn't have it, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so Evan, one of the admins, shared a, a Facebook. He took a screenshot of a Facebook post. That mm-hmm. It was just you know one of those like colored backgrounds with text on it. Said, "Everybody, please keep your dogs and children quiet during Fourth of July weekend because I'm going to be staying up until four a.m. shooting fireworks and I'll be tired the next day." <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was laughing so hard at that. So uh, I actually am a pretty big fan of just let people set off the fireworks. This is ridiculous. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. And as long as they are the the safe ones, the ones that aren't launching into the air. It's kind of like less lethal bullets, right? They're still, they can still be lethal. Fireworks are fireworks. They're spraying sparks. They can cause fires. You have to have an appropriate amount of caution in doing yes. it. Water buckets, fire extinguishers, all Hose the proper down things. your roof ahead of time. If it's made of so wood, yes, please. For f- Take care of the damp. Oh, are you talking about my thatch roof? <laughs> I don't know why he's Australian, but there you go. So this uh, small story about the 4th of July fire. Small story. Okay. It reads, my dear daughter lives in a court, in an incorporated she lives part. In, in a court? An unincorporated area oh. of a large city. She lives in a court. Like, she, you can't just. <laughs> the judge is going to be all over so you. So mad. <laughs> contempt all over the place. <laughs> so much contempt of, of house. Yes. <laughs> Fireworks are the norm for the 4th. That night, long story short, one of the fireworks caught in a, p- a pine tree on fire. It was, oh, this is another problem in our city. It is lousy with pine trees. Lousy with trees. Like the original arborists of the city did not understand. The original how arborists big... turned out weren't actually arborists. <laughs> there was a guy who Googled what trees are and picked them. We have so many pine trees. He's like, what if we put like, I don't know, like every 10 feet, an old growth redwood? <laughs> That'll be on, fine. On the easement of every property. They don't need that big of a root ball, right? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh, God. 
So uh, fireworks caught a pine tree on fire. It was about six feet from a home whose occupant has not enjoyed the festivities. <laughs> they knocked and pounded on her door while others got buckets of water. Uh-huh. She had no hose attached to her front spigot. Please, just like, you know, this is a fireworks holiday. Right. Just connect your hose. Like at the minimum amount of preparation. <laughs> connect your hose. I'm not hose connecting the hose out of my spigot. spite over these fireworks. <laughs> and like have a fire extinguisher. Sure. You know, that's uh, just two basic things. Not going to be a big deal for you. Just anyways she didn't answer the door Mm -hmm. dear daughter and her neighbors were throwing buckets of water and then assembled some hoses together attached to one uh, uh, to another home spigot to be able to reach the tree this effort was becoming futile and was just spreading the fire to a fence a neighbor got his extension ladder and another one scrambled up onto her roof with that multiple hose line Mm mm-hmm like literally these these neighbors are now volunteer fire yes exactly right meanwhile my dear daughter was still knocking on her door furiously finally the gal came to the door wrapped in a towel she had been taking a shower lickety split she turned back into her house and not more than four minutes later she came out partially dressed dog under her arm and two small suitcases with her she had two go bags okay okay she was going to take off. That's it. She so, wasn't going to go help anybody. Like neighbors scrambling to put out a fire. She's like, I'm out. I, 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 I want to take a, a, a pause for a second and just be like, what did she think was going to happen by banging on the door? Did she expect Iceman to open the door and he was going to put the fire out? No, no, no. The, she should have just daughter, called the fire department. They did. No, she shouldn't have been banging on the door. She should have been on the phone with emergency. Well, I'm assuming one of the other neighbors was doing that. I don't know. But they knew that the neighbor was in the house. I am hearing the story as written, and no one has called the fire department yet in this Well, wait for it. Well, there should have been waiting. That should have been the first thing you do. I mean, wait for it in the story, man. (laughs) Okay. Back to the fire. As one neighbor... I mean, I don't know what happened. This woman, like, let off a (laughs) bunch of fireworks and then went and took a shower. (laughs) It's pretty... Pretty negligent, if you ask me. <laughs> Up against this old dead pine tree? <laughs> Come on. As one neighbor was on the roof spraying water, another one grabbed a very large fire extinguisher, scrambled up the extension ladder, and started on the tree. The community was pulled together for a group of families in the court who, prior to this, only politely nodded at each other. That's really nice. 20 minutes later, the fire department came after repeated calls to 911 went unanswered or went to voicemail. Isn't the bare minimum job of 911? If you pull up your phone and it says Jerry, (laughs) open parenthesis, 911, close parenthesis, that's not 911. (laughs) You're telling me that these repeated calls to 911 were to the wrong number? (laughs) I don't know, man. And finished up the dousing of the tree. That's like that old joke where, like, you know, they'll they'll be like, uh, what was, it? like, people are cheating and they put the phone number in for like dominoes. <laughs> so that was nine one one that they were calling. Why is uh, Domino's calling you at two a.m., honey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got like extra reward points. <laughs> I, I always get a. Uh, 
uh, good morning pizza. They're just <laughs> scheduling it for me. <laughs> Wake up pizza. They make breakfast. On top of the they, morning pizza. They make breakfast pizzas now. <laughs> Hey, I don't know about you, but every pizza is a breakfast pizza, <laughs> where I come from. So then a commenter says, there's a wildfire near where I live that started on the 4th. It's taken over 250 acres and resulted in evacuating 200 homes. Yeah, no joke. One horse ranch had a plan in place long ago, and the 4-H leaders and members started coming in with their horse trailers before she even started calling. They evacuated all the horses to various places. Backwards. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. It's really great to see people plan for disasters. I'm sorry they had to use their preps, but glad they had them in place. Now, I would like to remind everybody that professional firework shows cause fires. Yes. Fireworks are da- they're inherently dangerous, right? So yes. you are taking on risk when you do it. And don't get me wrong, I love fireworks i love them i love shooting them off i love watching them i don't care if it's a big show i don't care if it's in my front yard i don't care right not that i, I ever like light off fireworks. fireworks in my front yard that would be illegal i never do that <laughs> narking it's, on yourself it's, it's my neighbor who set them off and then yes. went and took a shower every time <laughs> You know what's funny? I had a few neighbors message me on Facebook on the 4th uh-huh. around the time after the fireworks show. Our, our city does a street carnival with like food trucks, rides and games mm-hmm. and stuff. And then a big and a concert and then a big fireworks show. And then after that, under the cover of the scrambling away from the festivities, mm-hmm. People set off fireworks. Right. And uh, there's a longstanding tradition in our neighborhood that we were not there for this Some year. people. Some people. Light off fireworks. And it was just so strange because we didn't do it this year. We, we actually got VIP seats for the fireworks show mm-hmm. this year, which is really nice. Right. Because I had no idea that there were ground fireworks until this year. <laughs> There's apparently fireworks in the air and right. then an entirely different number of fireworks being set off much lower to the ground. So there's actually like a bunch of firework terminology I didn't know until I stumbled on this YouTuber that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously got popular during the 4th of July. Those are called mines when they shoot up from the ground like that. Mm-hmm. They're called mines. Okay. Great. Yeah. But why is there fireworks so low to the ground? Is my question. Well, in a lot of cities, it's in a big enough field that you, everybody kind of can get a spot around it and see, you know, what's going on. And there's a ton of people that sit on the parking lot of that school. I didn't even know until that. I've been to the parking lot of that school and you get hit by ash from the fire. Oh, yeah. Legit. Yeah. Because yeah. so. it's literally raining ash down. Yeah. It's not pleasant. So It's fine. So the VIP section was very nice. Because it wasn't crowded. I mean, Edison ate it really hard. That was part of the reason why we were kind of just, I was done with it. He, he he hit his head pretty bad. Yeah. And not only, okay. So Edison's running through what is a hedge tunnel. Okay. But it's dark. But it's not designed to be a hedge tunnel. It is. It, no, no. It was never designed to be a hedge tunnel. It was just kids just working through that thing. No, that's a hedge tunnel. No, not by design. That was not designed. Well, to then I don't know why they're gardening a hole in the middle of the hedges. It's not. It's the people that are constantly going through it. That's something. That's like the the like the rutted path 
Like, that's people just doing that. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. There's no dude <laughs> who's crawling through there with a hedge trimmer that's three feet. The, the, the opening is three feet tall. No dude is doing that. Nobody's going through there. I'm like, I keep this open for the kids. No one is doing that, Leia. Think, think, please. Anyways, Please. Edison trips on the concrete as he's coming out of the hedge tunnel. Running, of course. Yeah. Eats it. Eats it and lays there like he's dead. Freaks everybody out. He's not getting up. He's just laying face down. <laughs> Arms splayed like somebody needs to make a chalk outline. Okay. <laughs> Freaks so many. And keep in mind that this area... Is when I say it's VIPs, it's a lot of city VIPs. It's the who's who in Cerritos. No, that's, that's not what I mean. I mean, it's like there's city council members there. There's like city commissioners and, and committee members, right? right, right? Yeah. All people who are very worried about the liability of the city. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? And they're like, oh my God, is this kid dead? <laughs> like, and so you had to use your first aid kit for the second time that day. I, dude, 4th of July was, there was a lot. So that's the other hot tip I'm going to give you. Even if you are not going to be setting mm -hmm. off fireworks, yep. no matter where you are for the 4th of July, make sure you have a first aid kit with you. If you would like to, I have a video on first aid. And it's not just my opinion. I had Kevin, uh, W6RAP, and Adam, K6ARK. Did you say his call sign ends in RIP? Yes. And he is into first aid. No, he's a first <laughs> He's a search and rescue volunteer. Oh no! <laughs> that's that's the wrong call sign. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. I, could you imagine hearing that call sign over over the doors? Somebody's trying to save you. Rip. He's, yeah, Rip. It's, the first, the first few letters and numbers aren't coming through very clear. But then you all hear is yeah. R.I.P. Rip. You're like, I need help. I don't want to die. I don't need your thoughts and prayers. Get me out of here. Oh, no. So Kevin and Adam went through two first aid kits that were sent to me. And they're good. They're good first aid kits. I am like, every time... I don't want to have to open a first aid kit, obviously. Right, because you like complete sets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now i got to go replace the antibiotic oatmeal and, and the band-aid. And the, the iodine pads. I and... use the iodine pads on Edison, yeah. Uh, so I will say the one thing you need in every kit, and don't count on you having your EDC on you that can solve a lot of these similar similar problems just put a copy of that thing in the first aid kit so what i didn't have in my personal scissors scissors so i added trauma shears to the to, to the first aid kit so i've got those now very happy with that um but man i mean you could have just added a multi-tool no has. but that's also overkill right because then it starts to weigh it down it gets too well, heavy but sometimes you need it. like tweezers to pull out splinters no there's like... a splinter out in oh. that kit Okay, what there's about a, what about bee stings? Yeah, there's a... There, well, sure, it's a splinter. I mean, most of the time you don't need anything to get a stinger out. You just pull it out with your finger. What about a magnifying glass? What, are we going on a treasure hunt? <laughs> are we searching for clues? <laughs> One of the kids got stung in the pool. And she was like, ow, it hurts. And we're like both looking at her finger going... Wait, somebody we don't see this. We don't see that it was two days before. Oh, okay. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The, there were kids getting hurt nonstop. Oh, yeah. 
like people were just jumping off of this platform thing on this new pool onto children. You mean Edison jumped on? But Edison was just the one that everybody saw. <laughs> I saw multiples of kids jumping. And the kids were like constantly getting hurt. And I, at some point, I'm like, everybody's got to stop jumping on Two this bloody thing. noses. Two bloody noses. One kid slit open their, their eyelid. Oh, my God. Because they, they had goggles on, but they didn't have their eyes open. So they ran into the stairs of the pool, cut their eye. They got an antibiotic little packet of ointment. There was just kids getting hurt constantly. And I told the kids, I'm like, listen, all the adults are saying you can still jump. Okay. That's not necessarily what I want. That's not what I would do either. But do me a favor. Make sure I'm looking before you hurt yourself. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. And they all thought that was really funny. They're like, you want to <laughs> see us get hurt? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Give me enough time to record Let me it. know when you're about to do something really stupid. Yes. <laughs> Please tell me so that I can record it. And oddly enough, it curtailed the jumping. <laughs> I told them, I'm going to put it on the internet. And then, then, then all of a sudden, they started being a lot more cautious. So I found the way. To get the kids internet shame to calm down, internet yeah, shame. I'm it, gonna put it on the internet. The same thing works with Karens, you know. Yeah, you kids just start recording Karens. them. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> So that was there's my pro tip. Yeah. So in terms of Fourth of July preparedness, have talking, a first aid kit, please. Yeah. First aid kit, hose. Hook up that hose. Have a fire extinguisher ready. Make sure it's one of those that you've been knocking the powder around in and isn't solidified at the bottom of yeah, the fire. Yeah, break that cake up. Flip yeah. it over every six months or five <laughs> yeah. months. Hit it with a rubber mallet. You know, I would even go so far as to just like set a new like fashion statement. Wear a bandolier of hose. <laughs> of, of garden hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not like... <laughs> Not street hose is what you're saying? <laughs> Not a road to hoe. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went in different directions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a bandolier of garden hose would look like exactly. but Like water hose, I mean. Not like garden hose. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess they're both garden hose. <laughs> As is this woman in uh, my gardening group. So, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Garden hose. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> All right. Ridiculously. Okay. Ridiculous. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap up that. Yeah, why don't corner. you? Yeah, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> That's, uh, there you go. <laughs> Could you do that? <laughs> yeah, I would uh, do the think about the bad things and then prepare <laughs> for them. <laughs> like this. Do what I do. Stay awake at night. Don't sleep. Think about every bad thing that can happen and then build kits around those potential Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the paranoia trap. Be, be an insomniac. <laughs> so the show topic All right, so today's discussion for today is... Go on to the show. The topic of today's show is... Gentlemen, let's get down to business. Leah, we are going to tread into... One of the biggest arguments in ham radio. Mm. Is ham radio a service or a hobby? I thought the answer was always both. It's always both. But I'm going to add You can a only twist. pick one. <laughs> if you're using it as a service, I'm gonna you can't I'm going to create a false have, dilemma. You, you can't have fun doing it. <laughs> yes. 
is it a is it a service, a hobby, or a tool? I, I mean, all three. Okay. That's. I mean, well, this is you're not making you? this fun at all. Yeah. yeah this is... <laughs> and if it's a hobby, you can't help anybody while you do it. <laughs> So uh, obviously the the arguments and and bear with me. Of course, we're talking about yes. Of course, it it can be all of the things. But there are many people who take a hard line approach to amateur radio that it is a service that it is something that was designed to educate the masses and bring forward this nirvana of having intelligent people that understand radio technology in a time coming out of World War II, actually even before that a little bit. The country was looking for a way to educate the masses on new and growing technologies. And at the time, radio was that. So we encouraged people to self-teach, if you will, to become not just radio operators, but technicians and basically become radio engineers, right? A technician is just somebody who services a thing. But we needed more than that in this country, the society. We needed people who actually looked into the design of the radio technology. And that's what amateur radio supports. That's where I put my hat is that, yeah, it is definitely a hobby, but it is also a fantastic service for a way of self-educating yourself. It It's the fun that makes you want to learn more about radio. It's the fun that draws you in and keeps you motivated. So it has to be enjoyable. But whether you know it or not, you are partaking in the service that is amateur radio. And that's where you improve your your brain skills, your your folds in your brain in learning about how radio frequencies function. So the service side of it, though, is, is a little bit, you know, uh, aside from what the FCC's goals are. The more practical service aspects of it are obviously public service, emergency response in the form of ARIES and RACES, which are preparedness groups, emergency preparedness groups that you can join. Uh, ARRL is the... Uh, Amateur radio, uh, sorry, ARRL uh, is the American <laughs> Radio Relay Ooh. League, but Aries is the Amateur Radio Emergency Service. Races, I can never remember. I'm going to look that up. Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service, and that's actually a part of FEMA. FEMA is the one that runs that. So they have kind of different jurisdictions and whatnot. But yeah, you can totally involve yourself in that. And it, it's actually a, a pretty interesting hobby aspect of our hobby as well, even though it's a service, in that you can get some practical skills. And generally, people are really focused on how to properly use your radio in an emergency, which is which is pretty helpful, pretty cool. Now, as far as the hobby aspect, so if you just look at like, you know, look at a lot of my videos and a lot of videos other people make. The hobby aspect is, well, building radios, putting together go boxes, making antennas, chasing new and interesting contacts. Obviously, we have DX contacts. So, oh, wow, I heard this amazing station in Europe that I made a contact with. That's a hobby aspect, right? Because you're talking about it after the fact. Like, oh, look at this fun thing I did. Poda, soda, summits on the air parks on the air. That's hobby aspect side. Sure, you're learning while you do it, and they all kind of funnel into each other in a Venn diagram sort of way. Clubs, when clubs get together and they do club talks and you have the camaraderie of hanging out with fellow hams, well, that's a hobby aspect for sure, for sure, depending on what for they're- For sure. For sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, depending on what their you know focus is. 
And then like satellite chasing, going after and chasing down satellites. Well, there was a lot of intelligence and growing the service, if you will, in getting that satellite into space and building that satellite, whether it's a CubeSat or anything else. But once it's there, then kind of the hobby aspect of it takes over. And even though it's a scientific endeavor, it's often our hobby equipment that makes a lot of that stuff possible. Now, sure. what about the ore tool? Josh said, well, ham radio is a tool. What does that mean? Well, it was uh, not a Rubicon. Randy, actually, who said it best. The reason why he likes GMRS and not ham radio is because he wants a tool. When he goes out into the field and he's doing off-roading, he just wants a means of communication. He doesn't okay. want it to take over his life. He doesn't want to go to a club meeting. He doesn't want to you know, be a part of necessarily building antennas other than to have the ends justify the means of now I have an antenna that I'm going to go use, right? We He's not going to geek out over the different parts of it. And there's actually a lot of people that exist in that space that ham radio is a tool within amateur radio, right? Right. So I thought that was really interesting that, yeah, ham radio is a tool if you get right down to it and you start thinking about it. Um, but it's also a hobby, and it's pretty much no matter what you're doing, you're contributing to the growth of the service, whether not by encouraging other people to become hams and helping them out on their journey and answering questions, but just by your own growth in mental capacity and understanding how radios work, their function, troubleshooting to a degree as a technician, and possibly even uh, developing new novel designs or just recreating designs that have already been existing in the past, you're contributing to amateur radio as a service. So for the hardliners out there, the people who say like, oh, it's more hobby than it is service. There's less people that say that, but uh, a lot of people say, oh no, first and foremost, it should be a service and, and not as much a hobby. You guys are having too much fun with the drinking beers at the field day <laughs> and, the, and the barbecues. It, this is serious business, ham radio, serious business. You shouldn't be messing around. So for those people, it's like, yeah, you're, you're true. But also at the same time, it's kind of like, eh, Really? Like, is that that big a thing? So, I don't know. I'll leave you guys at that. Uh, you tell me what you think by emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Look forward to your thoughts on this one because it's truly something where everybody has a different approach, and I'm always interested to hear interesting arguments. So you know what that means. <gasps> What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Oh, buddy. It's time for the email correspondence tower. This yes, is, it is. There's a, a, a huge space in front of us. Huge space. Where we shot the fireworks off. Legal for fireworks. We go and climb mm -hmm. all the way up to the top of the tower. Yes. It makes those safe and sane sparks really look impressive. Because yes. they can yeah. cascade off the side exactly. of the tower. It's very impressive. That's why everybody's like, well... In Cerritos, fireworks aren't illegal. Do you know how tall this tower is? <laughs> We're actually in free airspace up here. <laughs> We're not a part of the city anymore. That's how high up we are. Exactly. Right? Yeah. We might as well be international waters. It's it, it is the international <laughs> waters of air that we're on right now. That's that's right. But on the left hand side, before we even get to the tower, there is the physical mail depot. I love the physical mail. And we depot. have we have two physical mails. This first one. From Charlie Beerworth. 
KL7KBN. Charlie is the very accomplished uh, photographer. Indeed. Who provided us those gorgeous prints that we have framed in our home. Charlie sends something that I think Leia's just going to love. It says, Josh, figured you'd get a kick out of this. Enjoy. And he signed it, Charlie Beerworth, KL7KBN. I'm going to hand this to you and then you tell me. Tell the, tell the audience. Only you can prevent socialism. <laughs> it's smoky. Oh, no, I dropped it. <laughs> you had one job, Leah. You had one job. I built that all up, and then you just dropped it immediately. It's Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. It says, only you can prevent socialism, which I thought was kind of fun. I love it. I'm so, going gonna, gonna to sew it onto my gym bag. <laughs> so the next one is from Barry Doyle. And I thought this was funny because so he, he put the P.O. box, and it's, it's Josh Nass at uh, P.O. Box 5101. But uh, underneath it, he wrote my call sign, but it didn't transfer over correctly. So it's uh, Kilo India 6 November Alpha 2, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. So I will hand uh, the box November over to Alpha you. Tulu. In, in November <laughs> Alpha Tulu. I'll hand the box over to you. You can take a look at what's in there. And I will <gasps> read the note. I'm so excited. Dear Josh and Leah, greetings from Southwest Missouri. Jackson, Missouri, to be exact. Grid Square EM57EJ. I thought you might like some raw honey from one of our local beer keepers. Thank beer you. keepers. Not beekeepers. Beer keep. No, just this beer. Is honey beekeepers. beer. <laughs> honey, oh, that's, that's mead. I right? know. Leia talks about all the delicious dishes that she likes to prepare. I'm sure you can add some honey to some of her dishes to make them even more delicious. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy listening to your podcast. August will mark three years since I started listening to them. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. Leia, have they we been doing the podcast for three years? <laughs> yes. The first one was on the way to the Lake of the Ozarks, where my sister and brother-in-law have a house. I went out there for the first time a few weeks after my dad passed away unexpectedly to spend some time with him. Oh, I'm so sorry, sorry. about that. Then three, <laughs> the then three-plus-hour formats was perfect for the long drive as radio reception is spotty at best and VHF simplex is rarer. The new format is awesome. Because you can get to the show topic, then go through all the emails you received, allowing a listener to peel away. I love that expression there. If they don't want to listen to all of the emails, that's you nailed it. That's right, Barry. You got it. I personally listen to the whole thing as the emails are often very entertaining and informative. Please keep up the good work and look forward to hearing more from you in the future. We appreciate that, Barry. Thank you. And that is Barry. A C zero W L. What? A C zero W L. A C. A cowl. A cow. <laughs> no, it's A C owl. Well, the thank electric you so much. owl. P.S. I'm not allergic to bees, but I am allergic to painful stings. Yellow jacket are from the pit of hell itself. And don't get me started on red wasps. We have a few of those, but I've seen them and I'm like, nope. I worked my way red through college. Wasps. Oh, see, this is why he okay, so this is why he hates them. I worked my way through college via a lawn care service and have had experiences with all of the above, including white-faced hornets. Now there's a whole new level of badness. So do you know that there are subterranean wasps? Yes. And so if you're mowing the lawn yeah. and you're like, hey, what's up? 
wasp mistaken, with my mower. Mistaken uh, wasp hive. Dude. Yeah. And you roll over it with the with the lawnmower. So you, just you know leave that lawnmower run and gun it and then run. <laughs> and go take a shower. The wasp will remember you though, because that's what how they do. Wasps remember. Like no, they bros. don't. No. Okay. They just hate everything. Well, both. If you treat if you treat everything violently, then everyone will start saying, "Well, they remember." <laughs> if your if your only reaction is violence to everything, like, "Oh, they remember me." No, they're just violent. So you know, Charlie and Barry are both longtime friends of the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these are such nice gifts. I, I love that patch. Thank That's you. That's awesome. I love it. So actually, Josh, I see that you're holding your hand out for it, like you're going to keep it, but... It was titled to me. The, the the letter said Josh Nass. Fine. So, I just you know, you All got right. the honey. I'll take the patch. This honey has a citrusy note to Ooh, it that it? is really good. Can I try it or am yes. I allowed? Thank you, Charlie and Barry. I Leia didn't appreciate even mention you this. both. So if anybody wants to try this, this is River Bend Honey. R99 Country Road 206 Cape. You know what? I'm going to need Leia to help me out on this one. How do you pronounce that, Leia? Cape Girardeau, Girardeau, Missouri. Okay. Almost like Depardieu. But I. <laughs> Girardeau. I was working on a joke in my head and you got. It wasn't a joke though. You just threw it out there. It's the combination of Girard and Depardieu. It's really good. Thank you so much. That is good. Oftentimes, clover honey, too much. Too much. That's a good honey. This might be clover honey, but it's not like crazy, crazy sugary. Gerard Depardieu, that's a weird guy. (laughs) How did he attain the the love that he earned from the French people as an actor? You don't think he's a good actor? Oh, he's a good actor, but he looks like a, a guy. Like a, a random dude. I don't think that other countries are obsessed with like perfectly beautiful people in their entertainment the way that America is. We know India isn't. I mean, Korea for sure also has. Korea oh, Korea and, is and through the China roof. definitely have yeah, yeah, yeah. this obsession too. But, but when I mean, you're talking about Europe. Like if anybody's interested, go. <laughs> and like I don't heartthrob know. Colin Farrell. Colin Firth. Colin, Colin. I mean, Colin Farrell is also kind of was I mean, he's, a hard throw. Yeah, but time. I mean, Colin Firth. Is Colin not, Firth is not necessarily... He's bumbling. So is... Really, so is Hugh Grant. Colin Firth really isn't, though. He's like the uptight guy. And if I could just... If I could just teach him to, like... He is... Let the, it loose. And, he is and, the and modern enjoy. Mr. Darcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, if you can, still one of my <laughs> favorite Bolly- Bollywood videos, Daya, if you can find it subtitled indian leading men generally more have dad bods that's what they appreciate in their culture yeah i respect that okay (laughs) as an owner of a dad bod (laughs) i appreciate what they're doing there all right not all of them but yeah more than we have for sure in the states the beauty standards for women in India is oh, unreal, yeah. That's, though. That's, yeah, that's impossible. So, yes, so, yes. I just feel like maybe we don't glamorize. Hey, you win some, you lose some, right? No. No. Okay. You don't. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. This was so nice. We very much appreciate it. Thank you for sending us some stuff. And I love the patch. 
that's going on. Nicely done, too. I don't know who made that, but that was a nicely done patch. I'll take a picture of it. I'll post it on the Discord. Well, Make sure you follow us on the Discord and you go to hrcc-podcast for any pictures we get like this patch. And I'm going to take a picture of the honey and anything that comes in on the email. So speaking of continuing through to the tower, we have the voicemail annex, the building to the right. Leia, how would someone voicemail us if they wanted to read their email? They can call 562-334-2389. Excellent. Let's get started. Hey, Josh and Lance. This is uh, WX09K here, Mike in Minnesota. Hey, Mike. And I uh, thought I'd share... One very ham radio thing, and then two not ham radio things. Uh, ham radio thing. Acceptable. I <laughs> had a local silent key online Aww. auction, and I put a bid on a couple different amplifiers. And by some miracle, I went from zero amplifiers now to two <laughs> one kilowatt uh, oh, amplifiers. Oh, you are so amplified. Oh, hush. <laughs> uh, um, and then, uh, so I, I'm now a proud owner of a a couple amplifiers, so I'll be sellable. And then, you were talking about chickens. Now, this is way back in January. We were yes, about chickens. chickens. Let's talk more about chickens. them. Um, our My local town, they had a, a chicken ordinance, we called it, um, where you could own urban chickens. Yeah. However, urban chickens. Have That's what I'm talking your about. Immediate neighbors, 100% approval. No. And then, people <laughs> within, I think, like 500 feet of your house. Oh no! Had to have a certain percentage of approval as well in order to uh, be able to have chickens. We issued exactly zero permits in that time period, and uh, within a couple of years, it was uh, done. Uh, so that was our uh, <laughs> the red tape for, for chickens. chickens. And the last thing uh, I think uh, Leia, this is Leia's fault. Uh, you remember you, you mentioned chicken wars? Yes. And uh, remember t- the TikTok trend a little bit ago for chicken wars? Yes. Just I leave that open question. Yes. Uh, the big discussion land is WX0 at my case. Thank you so much, Mike. And if anybody hasn't seen the chicken wars video. There's, there's a couple of them. There is a compilation, and I bet it's on YouTube already. So if you want to search for it, go take a look. But it starts out with one guy saying that, I heard we're bringing out our chicken armies. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's got a decent amount of chickens. It, well, so the, the point is, is that chickens will just kind of follow you. Yes. And, and you do this shot where you're like, it's cool to walk away from an explosion type of thing. <laughs> and you hold the camera at a high angle so that the chickens can be seen in the background. And then you kind of walk in a direction and then like the and then they look like chicken you. Spartans and you can kind of slow mo it. So then you get the like, you know, yeah. dinosaur action of the chickens moving along. Pretty cool. And it uh, it grew and grew, yeah. Until one guy videoed himself from an industrial chicken egg factory. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of them. So it's actually really funny because there's also some questionable jokes in there. <laughs> like... Yeah, but I I gotta I gotta hand it. Was the O shush to us, or is he driving with people? I don't know, but he shushed me right at the right time. Well, yeah, we, we were both uh, taken aback. Yes. At that. Well done. So that was well impressive. Done. That was impressive. Thank you. Is he talking to us? Is this <laughs> happening now? Hi, Leo. This is the uh, other Andrew, the one from Indiana. Hey, Andrew from Indiana. Job, but Where's my high? Uh, 
I'm just calling back because you wanted to know um, field day meals. More, more Booyah! About the specific meals. Um, the so the first meal at the Fort Wayne Radio Club, um, they had a uh, they had like a cookout style meal. So they had uh, some guy just manning the grill the whole time, uh, making hamburgers. <laughs> That's and hot Josh. Dogs. <laughs> That's and so there were hamburgers, hot dogs. Uh, somebody made these deviled eggs that had bacon in them. So that was really good. Bacon and, deviled um, eggs. I can. Gosh, I'm trying to remember I everything. The hamburgers, hot dogs, the bacon deviled eggs were the most memorable. Uh, somebody made these really good cupcakes and had mm. one of those. And uh, potato salad, macaroni salad. So pretty much your, uh, your standard uh, cookout provision. And the second field day meal, um, I ate at around 11 o'clock at night. Whoa. Um, taking a break from operating 80 meters. So, um, so it was uh, pretty much just scrounging whatever's left over. It was uh, cold leftovers there. So, again, uh, cookout provisions, uh, leftover hamburger, and uh, somebody brought Little Caesars pizza. So, another, actually another food item from my home state of Michigan. A little really? Created in Detroit, Michigan. But um, so somebody had that and uh, a bottle of water. Yeah, I can't quite remember. That meal was less memorable. <laughs> I'm, sure, um, I'm sure it was great. Their whole field day spread was great when it was fresh. But, again, I was eating uh, what was left over. Uh, and after everyone I picked over what they had at 11 o'clock because I was a uh, hungry boy. Anyway, um, nothing ham radio related today other than um, currently Saturday I'm at work right now and I'm hoping to do a poda if the, uh, if the rain lets up. So. Nice. So we'll see Did you right say the now. rain? Anyway, um, I just wanted to let Leia know uh, what is this the food items I had. So 73. I uh, hope to hear you guys on the next podcast. This is Andrew. Thank you for the update. And I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But did you know that one of the reasons that Little Caesars is actually so fast about their pizza is that they pre-make them and then they leave them in a, like a heated cabinet. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a fast and ready, right? Sure. Well... They can only leave them in the cabinets for so long. Mm-hmm. And if you are having a tough financial time, if you go in and you ask for their like old pizza, they'll just give you the oh, pizza for really? free. Yeah. Wow. So for a lot of people experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. they can go in and get a whole pizza. It's a really nice thing they do. Because otherwise, like it's it's not an ideal pizza, but it's not bad pizza either. Well, no, if I'm starving, yeah. then it's yeah, it's exactly. fine. Yeah. So Thank you so much. I, I love the field day food info. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, Josh and Leah. This is Paul in 7JDI. Hey, Paul. Just got done listening to your podcast about the perfect laptop. And Josh had mentioned uh, that the tough books are so large. Um, the CF20 line is my latest creation in my whole laptop repertoire creation. of uh, trying to find the perfect one. And it's very, very good battery life. It does not have your 12 volts, although I have a uh, ammo can box that has a 12 volt uh, to 19 volt converter built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, I think there's 16 volts, if I remember correctly. Uh, Anyway, um, very portable, and the nice thing is you can detach the screen and make it a tablet. Ooh, I do like that uh, about And both laptops. the screen and the base each have a battery in them. 
and multiple USB ports. Um, US, uh, USB-C, however, uh, had not quite come out right. when those were out. Mm. Um, I did find a place online that sells refurbished ones at a very good price, um, and the name escapes me at the moment. I think computer actually. Um, so take a look at those. Um, if you can get past the 19 volts and the USB-C, uh, I've found that for portable, rugged, screen, uh, ports, it's great. Um, so anyways, they're great. Well, thank I, you so much, Paul. How much is the CF-20? I'm looking them up right now. Um, so obviously we're, we're talking used. So they look like you could probably pick one up. So if you're not looking for new, because they're going to go for, you know, $1,000 and up, because tough books still command a, a really sure, appreciable price. Uh, but used, it looks like you can pick one up for 300 ish dollars. That's not bad. It's they're not, still it's big, not, though. It's not Jankopotamus point. But. No. I mean, they're still large. And um, uh, yeah, so this is... Jankopotamus. Jankopotamus, that's right. Yeah. I still, I still think that the twelve volts here is the magic, is the magic ingredient, because the, the reality it's one less thing to pack. Right, it's one less thing to pack, and to to be honest, I'm not now for all you Lab Five Nine Nine guys out there, totally respect the radio. If that's what your jam is, then yeah, you should probably go Tough Book because then you can just operate in the rain, and you're gonna be like, yeah, I don't care about the rain. And everybody's going to be great. You're going to have a great time. Most of the time, though, we're not getting our equipment wet. Like, we go through a process either in a shelter or, you know, doing something that we're not going to get the equipment wet. So if you're not going to get the equipment wet, then there's no reason why you can't just have a traditional laptop, even a super cheap laptop. But I'm telling right. you, 12 well, volts. And, Ooh. like, why Ooh. compromise on so many things for the sake of it being waterproof? Right, right, right. And, and every laptop, even the really janky ones, can take like a splash if you hit it with a drink or, you know, a beer, I guess. Not that I've done that before. Uh, but that's that's not the big deal, right? The, the ultra ruggedness, the shock value is appreciated. So if you drop it, it's probably going to be fine. All that's really, really good. And if that's the lifestyle you lead with ham radio, then hey, more power to you. I'm not saying it's a bad option. It's just not really the option for me. I really want the 12 volts. Like I, that is, that is my, that is my main goal with a, with a ham radio laptop is that it, it runs off 12 volts. So, you know, and it's, it's probably important to note mm -hmm. that Josh is the kind of person who, when he forgets something, it, it really frustrates him. It ruins the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it, and he will lament over it mm -hmm. for the whole trip. Oh yeah. Even if it was something minor that it it caused like an inconvenience or if something. If I was slightly inconvenienced, yes. it will ruin my whole trip. <laughs> yes. 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 You are you know me. So very well. <laughs> I feel like for the sake of his loving wife and children. Yes. That, that is why I keep simplifying. Simplifying. <laughs> it's simplifying. So, but you know what? The suggestion for the tough book is going to work for a good number of people, too. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Paul. 
Hey, Leigh and Josh, this is uh, KC3UWV, Patrick in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hey, Patrick. So Lancaster. a couple of things I want to say. The funniest episode was the one when Leah was talking about evading the parking authority, running to the uh, Korean <laughs> supermarket and hiding out. When I said I ran. Clear. Okay. I almost envisioned it as Leah going there, putting on dark sunglasses, walking around, making sure she wasn't being followed by the fuzz, and then making purchases, going home, and explaining to Josh how she has to close all the windows and hide her car so they don't uh, track her down. And she says something to the effect of, I'm an immigrant. You know what they'll do to me? And Josh, rather confused, goes, it's a parking ticket. <laughs> anyway, I, I laughed and laughed when I heard that. Question that was the Josh. definition. Hold on. That was the definition. That moment was like, I ran so fast, there's no time to explain. Yeah, that was. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got to get. What's these... going on? Who's hunting us? Who's killing us? There's no time to explain. I've got to get these Colby ribs. <laughs> I got to get I got to get to a parking lot where there's people that are allowed to park. I'm not allowed to park where I'm at right now. It's unsafe. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the next time I was there on a parking day, mm -hmm. that uh, that street sweeper came back. It, they didn't just sweep and leave, which I'm glad I sat and waited in my car instead the, the of leaving the car. Okay? The narrative that you're building in your head. <laughs> you are thinking to yourself... Me. There's he's he remembers he's addictive. He's he's yeah, trying to he's get me. He's just like a wasp. He's, he's he like remembers. <laughs> Not that he was like. I didn't get that street. I didn't enough. do a good enough job on that street, <laughs> and I'm paid by the hour. <laughs> okay, fine. What what's I have the eight ninety one? And I don't want to bring a tuner with me. And trying to find the best solution for a either an NFED or in-the-wire dipole antenna. I do have a 9-to-1 on-on, mm -hmm. and I have a 1-to-1 on-on, mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to figure out a way to keep the pack down. I don't want to have to drag the tuner with me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there you go. Again, this is Patrick from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, and the episode about camping with the Amish, I will tell you right now, the Amish use cell phones, what? especially if they have a business. Some do. And um, they also they have computers. Will will use them and they will call you. But that's another. Oh, story. that sounds aggressive. Thanks. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. I can erect a barn in an afternoon. And when I need to find you, I'll violently click on the keypad of this flip phone. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Well, Patrick, I was actually going to ask Patrick a question about the Amish. Yeah. Knowing that he's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They actually make PCs that are specially designed for the Amish that have everything like removed out of them. Yes. So that just has like a spreadsheet, a calculator, no games, can't have solitaire. And I, if I understand, if I, if I truly know what the, what the rules are, it actually has to exist in like the barn, like a working space. Okay, because it's but, a it's a tool. So which I get. So like, like the I can cell phone that. is it like a old Nokia flip phone? Because you know what, those have snake on it. 
And I could really imagine some people getting addicted to snake if it was the only exposure they've ever had. I have, a, I have a very specific set of skills. One of them is feverishly cranking my cell phone so that the power doesn't go out. Because <laughs> it's a crank cell phone. That's how they, that's how they use them. I, I, mm. Well, so then I think the answer, or I, I've got an answer for you, but first. Let me spend your money. All right. So in 891... You don't want to drag the tuner out, which means you're you're trying to step away from the nine to one unun. Congratulations! I have, I kind of did my ham radio journey very much the same way. I thought a random wire antenna was going to be the the bee's knees of antennas. Hey, I I just get this one thing and I I just use a tuner and I I hit tune and I'm good to go. I thought it was going to be the solution to so many problems. Inevitably, it, it is a very good option for some folks. For other folks, though, it, it just doesn't work, particularly if you're an advocate of digital modes. All right, so 891, he's thinking about a dipole. He's thinking about doing uh, an NFED half wave. So you want multiband capability, I'm guessing, right? Sure you do. We all do. If you're portable, you can kind of get away with a linked dipole, so you can get like 40, 30, 20, or you can go higher, you can go 20, 15, 10, that kind of thing, link dipole, you can you can do the calculations on that, and you can build that. That'll be a resonant antenna, you can get that to 100 watts very easily. If you want a pre-made option, Soda Beams makes them, they're fairly inexpensive. Now for NFEDs, there are many different options that exist, uh, particularly for portable. You're, you're generally looking at a 49 to 1 unun type of NFED, uh, but I'll give the shout out to our sponsor, Alpha Antenna. They have a number of portable NFEDs that you can take a look at. I won't guess at what their matching unit is because I'm, I'm not pulling up the website, but they have a couple of different options, 10 through 160 meters, uh, 10 through 80 meters. They also have the 6 through 40 HF, VHF, UHF, Hextenna. That's a tripod-based setup. So he wasn't specific on whether he, he, he did say NFED, or dipole, but a lot of times a vertical does pretty well because they don't require a ton of space to set up, and a lot of them are freestanding. Mm. Versus if you go with an NFED, you generally need to like throw a line over a tree or provide another kind of freestanding antenna mass to get things up in the air. So there are myriad options. Go take a look at my channel, take a look at other people's channel, and take a look at the show notes and pull up Alpha Antenna. So there you go. Great. Hope that helps answer your question, Patrick. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Hi. Oh, next. Leia. Josh. This Hello. Kevin. Hey, Kevin. KDM out of Virginia. Uh, just want to let you know, um, hey, uh, we are in the midst of the 13 Colonies uh, special event. So, Ooh. Um, Get hopping and uh, try to hit the uh, 13 colonies. Uh, I started actually uh, Sunday and uh, working today. I'm uh, about seven in. Got six more to go. Plus the uh, got to find the uh, three extra stations um, and working on that runs until January, uh, July. So and <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, for studying, use uh, the AMP study 
flashcards. Yes. Mm. Uh, rather than taking the exams. And uh, set, set it on each one of the sessions. Kevin, I'm way ahead of you. Hit 85% or Done. On that, <laughs> and then move on to the next one. And then once you're 85% across the board on um, hand study flashcards, then go start hitting the uh, the test exam uh, questions, and you will rock Thank the you. general exam. And just so you know, my daughter is now working on getting her uh, technician Good for you. Uh, license. Good for, you. Good for her. Good luck she to her. She's doing uh, doing okay. So. Uh, 73s, thanks for all you do. Good luck, Leah. Keep Thank going. you. Don't let it slow you down. And have a good one. Thank uh, you. I'm taking it easy. Kevin, <laughs> WA4, KBM. I, I'm thinking... I'm thinking to myself, proud papa moment, good for you. And you're like, no, no, proud moment for the person that's yeah. going to get the technician, good for her. Yes, of course, Leah, yes, of course. I, I want to give a shout out to the 13 Colonies. Okay, so this is a this is an event. It happens every year. It goes from July 1st to July 7th. So uh, technically, by the time you potentially listen to this, if you're listening in the morning and you haven't gotten started, you should be able to make a couple of contacts. Hey, you know how there is an mm-hmm. Independence Hall recreation at Knott's Berry Farm? Oh, could you could I? activate as a colony from Independence Hall? <laughs> that is <laughs> hilarious, Leia. And actually, that's kind of funny for reasons I'm going to get into a little bit. So let me give you a quick rundown of the stations, right? So there's basically what everybody wants to do in this event is get a clean sweep. They want to make a contact at every one of the operating stations. And if you send in your reports, Mm -hmm. you'll get back the QSL card if you get a clean sweep. There's a special QSL card. Cool. So the stations you have to work are um, New York, Virginia, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Georgia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, North Carolina, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and then there are bonus stations, okay? The bonus station, there's one in Great Britain. Oh, that seems... Bonus station in Philadelphia. Sure. Right, makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bonus station in France. Shout out to France, one of our biggest supporters during the uh, Revolutionary War. Right. Yeah. So I have to be honest. I love the 13 Colonies event, but it coincides with one of the busiest weeks of my life every year. It just always works out that way. And second, I actually have a difficult time making contacts with all these stations. Sure. Because they're on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. It's not, and, and we've always talked about this with ham radio, it's not that I can't make a contact to North Carolina or Georgia or Massachusetts randomly. It's consistently being able to hit a specific station. Mm. The consistency is what I, you know, is difficult for everybody with ham radio. You know what? There's a certain level of randomness, right? So there's a 13 Colonies event. Is mm-hmm. there like a Manifest Destiny event where it's like, <laughs> or the, <laughs> the the Jefferson Purchase? The Jefferson Purchase? Is that not the right? I'm so tired and vodka You're talking about the not? Louisiana Purchase? Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Louisiana purchase, just that whole section. It was that one time Jefferson bought a duplex? 
Oh my god, I'm so tired. And that was uh, that was in the 70s. We're talking about the Jeffersons, of course. That spun <laughs> off the show from the Jefferson Moving purchase. Moving on up. Moving on up because they made the Jefferson purchase. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like spearheaded by Thomas Jefferson. Okay. I'm sure you're accurate, but you know what? When I roll around the street with the boys and we're talking about the Louisiana Purchase, you know who doesn't immediately make the first five sentences? Jefferson. How could you not talk about Jefferson? We talk about the massive amount of land that they were able to buy for pennies on the dollar. So listen, is there a Louisiana Purchase event where it's like, probably there's an event, there's just a all, ham radio event for all everything. the all, all the, the Brickyard Five Hundred has a in, has a ham radio event. And then is there an Oregon Trail event where it's all of the states that were populated by the Oregon Trail? There's a Route sixty six event. Oh, see, yeah, there there's there's a couple of things like that. Route sixty six of uh, the Route sixty six event is Bob Heil's favorite event. It's his favorite. Because he event. drives Route 66 and activates at all the stops. No, I mean, so that do you you do know that like you can't he really, drive the unbroken the 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 Route 66 is broken up like there's right. sections of it that are completely in disrepair. Like you'd need a full on four wheel drive to do a lot of it. Now. Sure, but there are parts of it that are restored and you know they, mm-hmm. they try to keep it the running. cozy cone motel. <laughs> I don't know that it's called the Cozy Cone I know Hotel outside is. of Radiator Springs. Yeah. I feel like if we ever did a Route 66 road trip, mm-hmm. that I would have to make the kids watch cars. <laughs> I, you know what, though? That's kind of interesting that you bring that up about the... Uh, that's a dystopian about... future, by the way. Cars is not an alternate reality. That's <laughs> no, a dystopian that's our reality. future. Yeah. 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 I, 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 after AI takes over. Um, yeah. So in Wally. In Wally. Yes. <laughs> so that's in. So I have always said Disneyland's very anti ham radio. Disney doesn't like ham radio in the park. They're not fans of that. I've, I've been through that game. Yes. Knott's Berry Farm, though, is ambivalent at best. Right. But at, at most, they're like, meh. And you know what's really terrible about that? Mm-hmm. I brought the kids with their like snorkel goggles and they made me throw them away. <laughs> what? <laughs> but you can bring in your radio. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring the radio into Soak City. They're, they're like, this dummy. He's trying to bring electronics into Soak City. You know what? This will be funny for everybody. Let them in. <laughs> I'm wondering though, if, like if I can, if there's some kind of PR company that I can talk to at Knott's and figure out some kind of ham radio event like a ham oh, radio yeah. station because that they have that fake radio station called k-naught no, I mean, <laughs> well, but we could use that as yes, an operating position exactly but i was thinking like you do something in ghost town and we get like morse code operators to come in okay right okay. this is possible this is actually kind of possible i have to make i have to make a note of this i don't want to let this go because my brain's going to forget it i I think this might actually be a I thing mean, we could do. I mean, you you want to do it from the top of Calico Mine or <laughs> No, we want it like we want it in Ghost Town and we would, you know, have people come out that does Morse code and have them make contacts with people. Oh, just like a booth? No, it would be like a special event station. Knott's oh. Berry Farm on the Air or something like that. Yeah. And it would only be Morse code. Yeah. I mean, that's an example. That, but then we they could like old timey things. There. That's what I'm saying. This, <laughs> this is right in the in the wheelhouse. And then uh, if you 
if you make contact, you get a coupon for Mrs. Knott's Chicken. Your QSL card (laughs) is a coupon to Mrs. Knott's Chicken. See, that's marketing right there. That's that's what you did. (laughs) That's it. We figured it out. That's what marketing is. Coupons. It's, it's always coupons. It's always coupons. Are you kidding? Give people a discount. Oh, my God. Th- that's that's possible, right? Am I crazy or does that make sense? Uh, you're a little crazy. Yeah. That's... Seriously? But that, that being said, Knott's oh, is also. Oh, because Fair now. If it was like old school Knott's family, yeah. they would have been all over that. But it might <sighs> still be possible because. The Knotts is one of the few parks that just allows businesses to set up inside the park. <laughs> like these little vendors have their own storefronts. The gem store isn't even owned by Knotts. It's, it's just a third a guy party. Who brought a bunch of stones <laughs> in one day. <laughs> and, a, and a geode cutter. And he's like, <laughs> look at these bins of geodes. I'll cut them for you right here. I'll, I will cut a geode <laughs> in front of you. And then he took one of those empty Western storefronts. <laughs> One of the 18 funnel cake places went out of business. <laughs> the dude came in with, with 18 tons of rocks. And he's like, what, do you expect me to get this, take this out of here? <laughs> Let me just sell them. I'll leave when I'll I'm done. I'll just sell them. Yeah. I'll give you a cut. <laughs> like, he's, got, he's got a point. They're pretty heavy. <laughs> oh, that, that uh, rock store is one of my favorite places in Knott's, too, because they've got old fossils, all kinds of, you know, stones. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love the fossil. I, I love everything in that store. I love that you walk in that place and they have just some completely outrageously large centerpiece mineral. Yes. That you can just buy. And it's like, yeah, it's $8,000. Yeah, I'm just going to walk out of here. <laughs> I'm going to carry it around like a, like gonna, a stuffed animal that I won at the booth. i got to go on Ghost Rider. <laughs> Will this fit in the locker? <laughs> can, I, can I shove my tree trunk that is an amethyst geode into the locker? But they're also... I don't want anybody to run away with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're also really knowledgeable. Though, I got a though. pallet jack that I'm, carrying, <laughs> that I'm carrying it around with right now. Can I take this through the handicap line? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make it This is my plus stairs. one. It's a two-person ride. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, their geodes, they have like quite a few different geodes, mm-hmm. and they are so extremely knowledgeable about where the geodes came from, why, like, what could possibly be in the geodes. Oh, I like the dude who just calls of... it before it's cut. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's going to have this inside of it. Yeah, because they know what the um, originating trace mineral is right. yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the area. Right. And they also have, uh, there's only, like, one area where the geodes are like just random because there are so many different trace minerals in that ground. Right. And so they actually don't know what they're mm. going to open up. And that's the one I always get because I want to stump that guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it, huh? You, you think, think you're so you smart? Think, huh? <laughs> what color is it going to be? <laughs> like, no, you cut it up and it's full of Mrs. Knott's coupons. <laughs> You even know. <laughs> Damn, did you stuff that full before I wasn't looking? This is intense. <laughs> There's 
actually only like one guy there that I really like. <laughs> and if he's, he's not, the guy who looks like he's supposed to work there. Yes. <laughs> Everyone he, else is like a teen. And, and if he's not working, I walk right past it. <laughs> I'm sorry, is the prospector working today? <laughs> no, he's in Calico Mine getting more stuff for us. He's that dude. Who, he's the guy who snuck into the park. The homeless yeah. guy that went to live in Calico Mine. And he sneaks out. <laughs> Moonlights as a prospector at the mineral store. And then goes back to the mines. There's real gold panning there, though, so... I have a vial of gold. It, it's, <laughs> it is real gold that they have planted. Yes. So yeah. it's it's not like they sluiced out a bunch of dirt. <laughs> no, this isn't. This is gold that they've seeded. It's called yes. seeding. It's yeah. not like they they bring out refined material from a you know a bearing. Yeah, you're going to get a very specific amount of gold. How? How dumb do you think the people who work there think we are? Where they're like, I just put that in there. <laughs> now you got to work really hard to get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're paying me for the thing that I put in there. <laughs> that you now have to recover in, in a way that you've never done before. And I'm pretty sure that that also might be a third party vendor. In addition to like when they do the marketplace, which is multiple times a year, mm -hmm. you have just these small vendors. I'm selling jerky. Right, right. I'm selling crocheted goods. I'm selling candles that look like a pie. <laughs> Good enough. That's all we need. There's also the wood carver guy who carves with a chainsaw. There was like there was a time where you would go there with your girlfriend and there was the the, the jewelry guy still there and he would carve out the like metal jewelry with the names. I think so. Yeah. And you'd then, take your you take your Mexican girlfriend in Knott's Berry Farm, and you'd get the scroll necklace. Yeah, that would say their name because I don't have one of Ask those. Ask me Josh. how I know that. Well, I don't <laughs> have one up. of those. So okay, well, this is some of us did. Like, <laughs> uh, there's a glass blower too. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, I feel like they're still pretty amenable to <laughs> this. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, going on. exactly. All right, on to the next voicemail. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan in Southern Vermont. Hey, Nathan. Um, so I'm just calling to address. Let's put it, let's put it this way. Oh no, the, Nathan is like <laughs> this is. He's a little. I don't yeah. know. Abuse rained down upon Leia. <laughs> for you broke him. I don't know, oh, find no. me <laughs> for not uh, doing the test before the the. Yeah, the change over. Um, but really, I'm not disappointed at all. It's, Nathan's going to fire me. It's <laughs> a lot of power that the chief I'd rather you know. I'm worried, than, I'm than worried for you. To, to get it. Um, and also, oh, think think how long it took for from uh, Josh going from a technician to general. And you're ahead of the curve. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if you can... That's multiple test pools. Quicker the difference between yeah. when Josh from general to extra. And you, you can take your time on that one, too. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and, I think uh, this is going to reflect on my review. Um, family <laughs> Just... is more important than ham radio. <gasps> oh, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Thank you, We're Nathan. there for you. And also, I, th I also thought of 
when you're having a story, you're watching a story, whatever, it's no fun as if someone says, oh, I'm going to do this, and then it just happens. Where you need a story arc. So you need a story arc. I must go on a journey. Um, I hear a story arc. Um, For the general, it's almost like a little joke among the peeps, the ham peeps. But, um, yeah, continue story arc. Mm-hmm. I still think Nathan's disappointed. More things are coming. Gotta say, he said words that <laughs> made us believe he's not disappointed. But his don't voice, know they will be. But they will be fun. So this is one Mike Alvazulu saying seventy-three, and we're not disappointed. Go your own way. Take your time. Whatever you do, just do Bye. whatever you want. <laughs> See if oh, I care. There's a, wait, there's a follow-up from Nathan. <laughs> Hello, this is Kilo One Mike again, <laughs> and I finally looked up the calculations. Um, so oh, no. Josh w- first got technician in 2007, uh-huh. and then he got um, general in. Let's see. Oh, 2015. So you're way ahead of the. L- look at me. Um, look at the you. Curve. And then he went from 15 to 2020 with extra. So, yeah, you got five years for a general to extra, <laughs> and you have... It's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> unfortunately, like seven or eight years. <laughs> That's going to be the last day of the uh, podcast when I announce general, I got so <laughs> done. Anything you do will be quicker than Josh. So <laughs> take comfort in that. Oh, snap. So Tequila and Mike Abdullah How did... <laughs> Shade at you now. Again in the... <laughs> In the voicemail, but no promises. Bye bye. How did? Thank you so much. How did your failure turn into shade against me? Volunteer podcast producer. What a spin to take it on. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. You made me feel much better. She feels great now. She's face. (laughs) Much, much appreciated. She's wallowing in her own crapulence right now. Yeah. When I get my extra, that's that's the last episode. No, you get your VE. No. I could get my V once I get my general. No, but it's, you know, it's not the same. I'll get my V when I get my general. Then the extra will be the last thing. <laughs> I'll be like, it's been a great 15 years. <laughs> I'm retiring now from everything. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. That was very kind. Uh, not to me. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Of course. I had quite fun with my technician. Hey, Leah, Josh. So, uh, just wanted to uh, follow up with another message. Um, first, I want to clarify I am not Amish. I'm actually driving to work right now. I have a long drive. So, uh, just to clarify that, I do live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and there are a lot of Amish here, but I am not one of them. Second of all, um, just okay, want to Patrick, say that thank you. Uh, I passed my extra. Congratulations! Okay, let's do it. Huge congrats. Big congrats. It's July, so it's a lot of success. I'm very pumped about that. going to learn CW now. But I have a question for Josh. Mm. I'm going to get an NFED um, antenna mm-hmm. with a 49 to 1 balance. Now, I've read that the wire can be 66 feet up to 132 feet. Can you clarify that? Is it the 
longer the wire, the more bands you're able to uh, receive and transmit on. Um, and the other question is, I don't want to use a tuner with my ST891. And what I've read is you don't need to use a tuner with a 49 to 1 balance. That's correct. Thank you. I love the podcast. I really enjoy listening to it, especially on my long drive to and from work. And uh, you guys uh, crack me up all the time. Well, thank you, Patrick. That's very nice. Yeah, so it works off of, oddly enough, uh, this the concept of harmonics. A lot of the multiband single-wire antennas works off of that harmonic bass. So the different links are going to be targeting different bands. You, you got me on the spot a little bit, so I can't remember the links off the top of my head, but you can build an NFED halfway for 80 meters, you can build it for 40 meters, and then you're going to pick up other bands via the harmonics on that band. So with a 40 meter NFED halfway, for instance, you will get, you know, 20 meters, 15 meters, uh, 10 meters, etc. when you build that antenna. So when you aim to build an NFED half-wave. I'm assuming that's the route you're going because he mentioned length of wire. What you'll do is you will string out X feet of line, assemble it in the way you would like an inverted V or something like that if you're going to do portable, and then you'll tune for that lowest band. Now, when you do your folding, do the folding first and then cut. The cutting of the folded line will change some of the resonance point uh, point of that antenna but when you do that you will then be able to check it against you know other bands and you should be able to pick up four to five ish bands if it's a 40 meter antenna i believe so you should get 20 15 and 10 so that's four um i think that's it if you could do 80 i think you pick up an extra band on 80, but I can't remember because I, I seldom bi build any NFED halfways for 80. I almost always build them for 40 at max because at a certain point they start getting like ridiculously long. So yes, to, to answer your final question, yeah, when you tune up an NFED halfwave, you, uh, you get those bands without needing a tuner. With that said, there is going to be a resonant spot and a certain width, bandwidth, that that antenna is resonant at. And at that point, you could lose some upper or lower portions of the band depending on how wide the band is. So, for example, I always like to use 10 meters as a band of appreciable width. 10 meters is very wide. So is 80 meters. And so if you tune the antenna for a specific part on any of those bands you may lose out on portions of it just depending on where the resonant spot is. So in those cases, we will sometimes use a tuner to just get it close enough. It's not going to be as efficient, but it should get you to the point you're putting out some RF when you're using a 49 to 1 transformer type NFED halfwave. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question. And now we're moving on to the last voicemail. Hello, Josh and Leah. It's Drew, KO4TWQ. Hey, Drew. I wanted to do a quick field day after action report. Okay. The short uh, report here is I did nothing on field day that had anything to do with <laughs> making contacts, except uh, I did kind of rework my antenna system because the mass that my uh, antenna was on got 
bent. Anyway, oh, I had to no. take that down, um, change some stuff around. Anyway, I've got an antenna back up, so that's the important thing. But um, high winds, right? Um, Josh, here's something for you to consider. Uh, that balut thing, you could actually be responsible for all of the disappointment that everybody feels regarding Leia not having passed yeah. your general yet. Yes. Um, think how about is this turning how on much me? of a boon it would be for your family since apparently everybody else likes balut if you learn to like it. Uh, my wife is a speech pathologist, which they also do feeding therapy, and she said that somebody has to try something seven times before they know whether or not they like it. This is so very true. So I think true. you owe it to your family to, like, try the loop seven, seven times. times so that you can get past what it is and decide whether or not you actually like it. Because one imagine a week, that just being able to be part of your menu. Um, anyway. Um, Thank you, Drew. have fun. Leia, good luck on this next round remember it's another four years you don't have to take the whole four years honestly i think you could just like i think you could just study it and take it but the repeater's <laughs> going to time out on me here if i don't get this done um shout out to all of the great contributors and uh we'll talk to y'all later ko 4 twq clear well, thank you. thank you so much, Drew. And I agree. One balut a day for a week. And then Josh can what? decide whether or not. He uh, is if you into do that, balut. that's going to be cool hand Luke of balut. I mean, you actually owe me interest on the balut. Whoa. Because we did not talk about didn't... a vig with any of this. This so, is getting crazy here. Are you a Shylock now? You could do one where it's a duck egg and one where it's a chicken egg and then one where it's a quail egg. And I feel like that would pay your debt. You can't be adding stuff. That's not fair. That's. that's I mean, insane. I think at this point I can do anything because you. Well, you can request, but. You're I a squelcher. I'm a what? You're a squelcher. A squelcher? Mm -hmm. You're squelching on your bet. I'm squelching on the bet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I appreciate you bringing the ham radio in. <laughs> But that's not the term. What is it? You're welching on the bet? It's not a squelching of the no. bet? <laughs> now I have to look this up. This is, <laughs> to welch on a bet is to cheat by failing to pay a gambling debt. Hmm. To welch. Oh, so you're a welcher. Which I'm assuming is some kind of like, as the uh, as the Irish get mad when you order an Irish car bomb, I'm assuming I'm assuming if you say you Welsh on a bet, okay. that's I'm like going, I'm a call great it upsetting yeah. to the Welsh people mm -hmm. um, from the from caused by the Brits. I'm assuming over time to squelch on a bet though is very funny because to squelch something is to like stamp it out, yeah, like to stamp the noise out. Mm -hmm. So you you did a thing there. So now we're just gonna call it that. Because I don't want to offend. You're, you're the, a nut. The like, the country that Chloe. How came how did you from. turn this all <laughs> against me for not studying? This is insane. Like I, <laughs> it doesn't. You know what? In your heart of hearts, there is no amount of balut. Well, actually, there is an amount of balut that mm -hmm. I could have ate that you would have been like, oh, well, now I need to study. Yep. Like, I could have went hard into yep. balut eating mm -hmm. yeah. that you would have been, like, shamed into yes. not uh -huh. doing that. So that is true. Realistically, though, this has all been on you to just study. Balut is delicious. I know. I know. I'm, I do think about it 
if if it means anything to you. I do think about it. <laughs> do you, does it keep you up at night? It sometimes it does. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about like how I wrap my mind around it. <laughs> like how I do that. Like trick I am not one who can trick myself. Most people you, can't, but you just, like I am just do it. I understand. It's I understand. The eating you're not even I'm not even asking you to like go steal it from a duck nest. I'm not <laughs> Is that what you did? <laughs> Growing up? I'm not asking you to cook it. You won't even... None of these things were a, a, a worry to me. None of those things are in consideration that that I had to had to be worried about. Yeah. So this is this is not good. This is. <laughs> I'm just asking you to eat it, and now seven times. Seven? Yes. No, I'm not that doing is... it every day. Every day, I don't eat anything every day for seven days. Okay, well, you don't have to do it every day, but maybe once a week for this is for like two months. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This all is right, too much. Well, thank you to all of our voicemail correspondents. Thank you. Love hearing your voices. Indeed. And now it's time to make Climb our that way. Tower. Leigh, how would how would someone uh, contact us if they wanted to climb the tower along? You can us? email us at leah at hamtactical.com. There you go. Okay. This first email is titled PCCW Decoder Question, and this comes from the illustrious John Amadeo. <gasps> All right. Hi, Josh and Leah. With the shutdown of the industry in which I eke out a meager existence, I find myself having some time for CW. Right on. You know what? It's been really rough for the entertainment industry yeah. because you went through the whole panoramic where there was suddenly no sets. Yeah. John won't take my calls anymore. I keep bugging him about the ham radio pilot. When's it going to happen? And he's like, <laughs> Josh, the writers are on strike. I'm like, that's no excuse to prevent the world from knowing about ham radio. And he's like, Josh, you, so we don't have anybody to Josh, write. Josh, you're being insensitive. There's people out there whose lives are being challenged right now. And I'm like, John. You know, what's remarkable to me mm -hmm. is I recently learned that Grey's Anatomy has is heading into its 20th season. I And how did I don't even know <laughs> what to say about that. Very yes. impressive. Like it's a very impressive achievement, but it like, is. I mean, only uh, really rivaled by SVU. Is any of the original cast still on it? I think uh, Miranda Bailey might still be on. Like it. one one person. Um well, I don't want to put out any spoilers here. Oh, okay. But there are a lot oh, we of definitely people. Don't. What do they call a fan of uh, Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. A greyhound? An animite? I don't know. A grey? Did you say a greyhound? <laughs> yeah, That's good. Good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, a lot of people have died on that show. More than is reasonable, I think, for a bunch of surgeons. Some regular general hospital over here. <laughs> and then... Uh, a lot of people went to go work at hospitals in other parts of the country. So. <laughs> These are all spit-offs? <laughs> this private practice was a thing, right? That yeah, was... that was California, too. Okay. Yeah. Great. I am re-watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning. Because I lost the plot. It is it, it is like, insane that you do this these I, kind of things. I think that I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy in season four. <laughs> so 
I've got over a decade to catch up on. It, it in some ways you are doing something that I wish I could do to just have like just watch all this stuff. Well, uh, there's so many things I want to go back and rewatch. Like I See, you I watch like things that watch... require attention. Grey's oh, yeah, Anatomy yeah. does not actually require oh, okay. your full attention. No, I, I want to do Star Trek like all over again. Next Generation. 100%. If it weren't that. on Paramount Plus. I know. I know. I cannot sign up for one more streaming service. Yeah, it's just not going to work. I Every time, and you know what? I feel like Netflix has my number. Because every time I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched Netflix in a while. Black Mirror. It's like, oh, man. I've got to... I gotta watch that. <laughs> like, actually, I can't even watch Black Mirror because I don't pay full attention when I am like watching TV. It's always on when I'm like cooking, cleaning, folding. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just where I'm doing menial tasks, but that I have to look at. Okay. You know, so I'm not really looking at the right. So Gilmore Girls, for instance, is a really good one to watch because it's all dialogue. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, too. But sure. same showrunners. Sure. But, um, As Grey's Anatomy? No. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Gilmore Girls are uh, the same showrunners. It has a kind of a look, similar look. And dialogue. Just this irreverent non sequitur. <laughs> Just... So ironic. <laughs> So. All right, John has a question. Let's let's help. Yeah, him. I just want to know how the Grey's Anatomy writers are doing in all this. Are they just so? It's a question back to John. Yeah, we will answer your question, but you two must answer us. How is it they keep going? Where do they get the ideas? That's something I was wondering too. I was like, how many medical miracles are happening every day? Because you can't just build a show on Whipples. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's a Whipple? Oh, oh, a Whipple stitch. <laughs> yeah, a Whipple surgery. Yeah, that's yeah. like a lady parts. Or what is that? No, that. Uh, no, what is it? What is it? Well, I was way off, Leah. What is a Whipple? It's actually a really complicated procedure. It's They remove the head of the pancreas... Then the first part of the small intestine, the gallbladder, and the bile duct. And they do that to uh, treat tumors and other uh, digestive disorders. So. Okay. I'm just saying, you can't just build a show on Whipples. Sure. (laughs) So, all right. All right. So John says, I passed my 13.5 words per minute code test when I got my general in 1978. Well, you know what? That is a long time ago. We're just gonna we're gonna do, for you, John. Here you go. <laughs> for his, for we weren't his there, but you know, general in seventy eight. Hey, what? He mentioned it. All right, congratulations, it's John. John. We, we can, All right, congratulations. Yeah. We're giving John, John the, the beep. In returning to Morse code, it would be helpful to have a good PC-based CW decoder, maybe even a decoder and or keyer. Josh, in a recent podcast, you mentioned knowing of such a program. I have seen a few CW decoders mentioned on the internet, but all have very mixed reviews. Yes. I bet you did the research. Can you pass on what you've learned? There are three. Um, two, well, one, you definitely know FL Digi will do CW. Uh, there's another application called CW Skimmer. CW Skimmer actually works pretty well. 
And then, of course, Ham Radio Deluxe will do CW decoding as well. Now, here's the thing with all of this. CW, as people who actually use CW for making contacts, people who literally have hands-on keys, they will talk about the fist of the person that they're talking to. And the fist is almost like their way of speaking. It's it's my manner of speaking that you're listening to. It's the way I turn a phrase and how I talk. We all have unique ways of speaking, right? Mm. If you were to take an AI, for instance, or just do your voice recognition on your phone, sometimes your phone is not very good at picking up in all your idiosyncrasies that go into you making sure. human language. Well, so it's the same thing with CW. When a human is keying CW, they have difficulty. They do a pretty good job, but they don't do a absolutely fantastic copy job. Okay. But here's the exception. If you use an application to also transmit your CW as well as receive CW – and a transmitting station, receiving station, is hearing you using a similar piece of software, mm. then they can hear each other perfectly. Because when computers are talking to computers, even in CW, mm. they're creating perfect code. Interesting. So that perfect code, when it's received by a computer that is also doing CW for receive, they hear each other perfectly. So the, the question isn't, do CW, you know, decoders work? They absolutely do. But the best instances of it are when your computer is transmitting your CW and also receiving. And the receiving station is transmitting and receiving with similar software. That's why when you're on a contest, like a CW contest or field day, mm -hmm. so many people lament that many of the people that are doing CW, they are so fast. In transmitting. Well, part mm. of the reason that they're so fast is because they're using software. Interesting. So they're using software to be able to transmit super high code. I know there are CW operators that can transmit super high code on field day. I'm not calling them out. I'm not saying they aren't doing that. But there are a ton of people that just use software. And when they use software, the receiving side on both ends can copy it very well. I will give a shout out to the Elecraft KX2 as a physical. I know he didn't ask for physical, but mm. I'll just say that radio is actually really good at doing CW decoding, even hand CW. Mm. It's one of the better iterations of CW decoding I've seen in a, a physical radio device. Interesting. So I love that radio for many reasons. That's one of the reasons that it's a very good radio. So, yeah, it is very difficult because once you add the human element, it makes the software not work as well. That's just the reality of it. All right. Well, John says, I know this is cheating until my code speed comes up, but I never turn down an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah, right, right. When you want to win a fight, what do you do? You cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the entertaining podcast, thank 73 you, John. John, AA6JA. Well, thank you so much, John. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Indeed. And uh, hopefully Josh answered your question for you in a way. So the good news is, is that FL Digi's free CW skimmer. You can demo it and you can also demo Ham Radio Deluxe. So you don't have to commit to anything. Um, so try them all and maybe, you know, give us a report back when you found the thing that works for you. Or buy a KX2, it sounds like. 
Uh, well, but then you're, well, so that, that's a total, like, <laughs> let me spend your money. Because once you get a KX2, you're going to be, or a KX3, KX3s also do this. You're going to be like, well, this is great. It's QRP. I really love it. But at the home, what if I put an amplifier on it? And Elecraft charges through the roof on their, on their amplifiers. They're great amplifiers. A, when you give a ham a KX2, then he's going to want He's going to want an amplifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I... I'm not saying go buy a KX2 or KX3 or, or any of the K lines because they all work very similarly, but it's it's a thing. Um, total shout out to a lot of the SDRs. They'll do that too. Like Flex Radio, they'll, they'll decode and all that stuff. But again, that's not what John asked for. He asked for software. So those are three titles. You can try them all and you let us know what you think is the best. Great. I'm not sure that you gave John a straight answer. So we're going to move on. Uh, my experience, CW Skimmer is probably the the better option, but at the same time, Ham Radio Deluxe will interface with your radio, and you can transmit CW and receive it. I think CW Skimmer will also do it, but it's a bit more of a headache to get it set up. Um, I would probably say for a free option, FL Digi for Ham Radio Deluxe, you'll you know have a fuller suite of options beyond just that of CW. Um, yeah, they're all. They're all in there. There you go, John. I'm 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 still not giving him a direct answer yeah. because it's like they're all going to be a it little depends. bit different. It depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Thanks, Leia. John. You're learning. You're learning the, the, the fundamental ham radio answer. It depends. The next the next email is titled "Big Wheat." The big wheat, <laughs> and this yes. comes from Mike uh, Ham Solo. Hey, Leah and Josh, I had these supplies in my car for a few weeks before I could get to the artistry. I totally remember the nondescript bags of generic puffed wheat and, of course, the box of big wheat that had only two shredded wheat bricks inside the entire box. Here is a little play on that for you. I'm going to show Josh the picture. The big wheat. (laughs) It says big wheat. It's like a... It's just... It's like a tumbleweed stick. (laughs) Now with pine nuts, mom approved. (laughs) Yes, very true. The big wheat. Mike says, I will also post to the HRCC chat, should hopefully be doing a summit and park activation in the next week for both Kentucky and West Virginia to get me closer to my goal of activating in all states. Excellent. I love hearing about Ham Solo's adventures. So I look forward to that. Talk to you soon, Mike K0FYR, K-Fire Ham Solo. Excellent. Thank you for the update. The next email is titled Non-Ham Related But Very Fun Activity Report. (laughs) And this is... Very fun, good time activity report. (laughs) And this is from Chris. Hi, Leah and Josh and the HRCCites. Wow, June was packed full of activity for me. There was CPAC, a big Northwest ham fest, Father's Day, a family camping trip, and intertwined between all those events, I had to build a cardboard boat big enough for four people. That's right. I said cardboard bot, a boat, not boat, a bot, a boat. Is this like a Red Bull thing? <laughs> you see, every year as part of the 4th of July celebrations in our community, Longview, Washington, holds a cardboard regatta. The local paper mill provides three cardboard, a free cardboard for the entrance. Three cardboard. <laughs> three. You're only. allotted three cardboard. <laughs> for the entrance to build their own boat. 
there are rules. No, you can't cover your boat with duct tape. Only the seams of the boat may be taped. Okay. You cannot use two-part adhesives such as epoxy. Can you use flex tape? <laughs> you can use other fasteners, including sewing together with fishing line. It's amazing how many people who have never built a cardboard boat had advice for me on how it should be done. Anyway, I love yes, I the confidence of the uninitiated. <laughs> we were just talking about this. Yes. Anyways, I started building the boat in late May and throughout June. It was completed and decorated the day before the big event. Mm-hmm. That's good planning on your part there. So you can't, like, coat it in a sealant, as as I think where they're going with this. Like, he mentions duct tape, but, like, and you can't use epoxy, but, like, Flex Seal, which is a spray adhesive, you probably can't use that either. But Flex Seal has a tape. No, but Flex Seal is a spray. But there's also a tape. But you could build the boat and then just spray the whole thing down. That doesn't sound like it's allowed. We saw that guy. He, he took a screen door mm-hmm. and he added it to a rowboat, the bottom, mm-hmm. and then he sprayed that with Flex Seal mm-hmm. and it it boated. It boated. It boated. <laughs> I'm trying to think to myself how how I would do this because I I feel like cardboard floats right. So you actually <laughs> to a point, yeah. You actually want the like probably the cardboard to be uh, flanking some flotation device in the middle. Well, it doesn't say you can build it around a float. I didn't say you couldn't. So that's, here's what you do: <laughs> you put take a bunch of fifty-five-gallon around a plastic <laughs> barrels. The flag is made of cardboard. <laughs> of the whole thing. July 2nd was the day of the race. At 10 a.m., our team gathered at my daughter's house to move the boat from its birthplace to the back of my pickup. This went surprisingly well. I thought the boat would be heavier. Because it's made of cardboard. (laughs) It was 14.5 feet long and 25 inches wide. Picture a long, flat-bottomed canoe, but the truck bed is 8 feet long with the tailgate down. Uh Fortunately, I had built a platform for the boat to rest on during construction and the transport that helped support the back half of the boat that hung out the back of my pickup. We didn't have to go far, maybe a mile of winding through residential streets to Lake Sacagawea, a very nice small lake that sits in the middle of our amazing town. Mm -hmm. It is the venue for all 4th of July activities, fireworks show included. This, This sounds like a lot of fun. Sewing it together. Sewing it together doesn't seem like the way. Well, it depends on how tight you can get the also, seams I feel, without I don't the know cardboard. That flat bottom. bottom seems like the way either. I would think you need to come in at an angle, like a steep angle. But how do you do that without making that the weakest part of the boat? You you just strengthen it down the keel of the boat mm. with more pieces of cardboard. I don't would know what you, their limit is. Would you because... try to press the cardboard to make it as much like particle board as possible? Uh, so then it's almost like so. I mean, like I'm assuming I, I'm assuming there are very strong rules because people would do something stupid like why don't we just impregnate the whole thing with wood glue? But like, imagine building mm-hmm. a boat out of IKEA bookcases. 
<laughs> so many Allen wrenches. Just cardboard. <laughs> Particle board, but yeah. I want to say that the LAC table, it's their like cheapest end table mm-hmm. that lots of people use for hacks, but that's not even made of particle board anymore. It's filled with cardboard. If you crack it open, it is layers of like uh, waffle. cardboard. Yeah. It's waffle cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a laminate with a waffle cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that, but I mean, we're obviously not going to build a boat out of that. Continue, continue. All right. See, now we're doing the thing. We've never built a cardboard boat. We're just theorizing. I'm not. I'm not at all. We're not telling advising. Chris what he should do. I believe that Chris is a a better expert than we will ever be at cardboard. Cardboard but mariner. It just sounds like a fun challenge that now I want to build. Like we could theoretically. You know, if we just if we just did it. Yeah. Like. In the Don Canabi Lake. No, no, no. I mean, let's take it to a pool. We could take. We could. We know someone with a pool. We know a couple people with pools. At least one of them would just be so happy that we're there, so that she can see her grandchildren. <laughs> that she would let us put anything in the pool. <laughs> but now we need a cardboard company. <laughs> so that's the next step. One thing at a time. Okay. First, the body of water. We don't have a Lake Sacagawea. So, no, right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. okay. I see where you're going. Oh, yeah. The food. Leia, you will be pleased to know that about 100 yards of the lake bank were dedicated to food vendors over the 4th of July weekend. My son and I located one offering Asian food. He had pad thai and I had coconut shrimp. Solid choices. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Did you know the secret to a good pad thai is actually tamarind? So there's your secret. Yeah, I did. The You did not. That's where the color comes from. Fine. Maybe you did. <laughs> the unloading of the boat went off without a hitch. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and we were all parked under the shade of the spruce tree ready to compete. We were assigned the third heat. We launched the boat and it floated. That was enough of a win for me because (laughs) the cardboard boat I built actually had persistent buoyancy. The race began. Our rowing team, I stayed ashore because my work was done. I built the thing, had navigation problems. They did complete the course, but it was difficult for them. They gave it everything they had, though. The boat was still in one piece and could have done another heat. Really? We did not qualify for that. Oh. Wow. Wow, so it's a multi-heat thing? So these boats are like out there. Yeah, I can't wait to show you these boats. There's pictures. Oh, there's pictures? After all the racing was done, all the boats that were still intact were encouraged to launch again for a no-holds-barred battle to see who could sink who. Our team joined the fray and eventually the boat capsized. Our decorating committee had planned ahead for that possibility and had painted across the bottom of the boat, May Day. (laughs) That's That's so cute. As the, the planning committee planned for this, and they had a cannon on board. <laughs> they installed side spikes. <laughs> As the team swam ashore after giving it their all, the boat was towed by a local search and rescue volunteer. We dumped the water out of it and carried it to the bank. It was still in one piece but it was very soggy. It was solid enough that a guy with a front-end loader had to break it apart to be put in the cardboard recycling dumpster provided, the final resting place for most of the boats in the race. 
we did not receive any of the coveted trophies, which were also made of cardboard. <laughs> oh, that's nice. The one that's our team touch. would have loved to get was for best sinking. There was a lot of competition for that one, though. We walked away from the event trophyless, but pleased that we had given it all, given everything we had. You may ask how I had time to do all of this in June. You see, I already have my extra license. <laughs> that frees up <laughs> all the time. I would normally spend studying to upgrade my license class for less important things. Leia, by the way, what is body pumping? That has to be something that originated in California. Where else would anybody ever think of pumping bodies? Think of all the time you could be studying for your general test if you weren't pumping bodies. Priorities. You get your general ticket, then you can pump all the bodies you want. Maybe not. Is that even legal? Oh, yeah. California. Okay, I do have to Soylent green is people. There is a company called La Mills, and they basically have all kinds of workout equipment, uh, and they also train uh, exercise class instructors. Okay. So Body Pump is one of their class offerings. It's offered across multiple gym franchises. So mm -hmm. it's – I go to Gold's. Uh, I believe that they're also at Crunch – uh, 24 hour fitness, uh, lots of gym chains, but body pump is specifically a exercise class where you utilize a barbell and you have varying weights that you put on it based on the part of the body that you are working out. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, an hour of an instructor telling you what to do to work out like each section of the body for that day's routine. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting I because bet. it's cardio and it's weightlifting and it's pretty fast. And also LaMille's also has a class called like body balance, which is yoga Pilates. Mm -hmm. So body pump utilizes a lot of things that Pilates does, which includes micro movements that force you to slow your movement way down and isolate, mm -hmm. which is so hard. And you're not just doing it once. You're slowing down and doing that over and over again for that set. Anyways, it ends up in a very sore body unless you decide to go to the restroom for part of it because you're so tired. <laughs> Will you sit on your phone for 15 minutes? Oh, you can't sit out for 15 minutes. Then you're not getting the whole workout, you know. You can but go you, to the but you've done this. You sound like someone that comes from a place <laughs> of knowing right now. I went to Body Pump the day after July 4th. You did? Exhausted. Yep. And the class is at 5 in the morning. Yikes. Yes. And you're still asleep by the time I come back. From oh, yeah. I was so tired and... I go with my friend, Helen. She can't get into the gym without me. Right. That's the so, motivation. So then I can't let her down by not going. Right. And we spent July 4th together. Mm -hmm. And throughout the day, we checked in with each other. Are we going to do body pump? I, I remember <laughs> right? this. I remember this discussion. Yep. And at first it was, oh, maybe not. You know, <laughs> like... And then it was no, a negotiation. She was, she was very, she was very good at what she did. She's like, well, I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, because she don't. And, she didn't want to put it on her. No, no, no. no. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't want to put it on her. But then she did something that she knows you can't do. She said, "Well, I'll trade you." Okay, you know what's really sneaky about she that? She knows exactly what she was doing. She was very sneaky. Okay, but you know what's really sneaky about uh-huh. that? Is that she just said, she she made it look like she was insistent on going uh-huh. to Body Pump yep. in front of her husband. Yes. Okay? Yes. But by text, mm-hmm. she was like, we don't have to go. Maybe we shouldn't. Go. Yeah, no, maybe, she, she maybe came, we won't she be able to like, go. She came across as like the oh no, I'm all about this. Like right, that's right, how right, she right. came across. Yeah, and she got you with something she knew you. She, she got you with well, I'll trade you. We'll yeah. not do body pump on Monday. We'll skip it. Yeah, but you got to give me the Friday. She knows you can't do Friday because yeah. you're literally up doing the podcast yeah. right now. It is almost two a.m. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And I've told her repeatedly. I'm yep. like, I'm, I'm up. Like past two a.m. Mm-hmm. on Thursdays, and I, I can't go to the Friday class. I I will be on less than three hours of sleep. Right. Yeah, she got you. She so, but by text, yeah. she was like really like, oh, we don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. And and then when we got to Body Bump, she was like, I don't even know what we're doing here. <laughs> and that's the first class where I have left during class to go to the restroom. Oh, because you needed a break? Yes. Yeah. Because I was so fried. Oh. Yeah. That's it was. But very I, impressive, I did though, go to the restroom for less did. than five minutes. Okay. So, very yeah, impressive, I, though. No, no, I missed only one set, and it was for one something. Pump. You missed one pump. That was already sore. <laughs> so. It was already engaged. <laughs> yes. Fully engaged. Exactly. Very so. good. Yeah, totally Respect legal, Chris. To yeah. Uh, Chris SPS, please see attached pics. I will drop those if there are no kids in them in the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. Thank and you. that's 73AA7CW. Chris, ooh. So I'm going to show Josh. Oh, yeah. Chris's made it boat, upside down. Very flat bottomed very canoe. Yeah, that's, that's very, big. very smart. Hold on. It's got to hold some... four people. <coughs> These are some big boats. Ooh, look at that. I mean, everybody That's pretty much canoe. has a similar um, shape and it, like the decorations are just different. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are really cool. Those trophies. are cool trophies. They look like they are 3D printed with cardboard. Filament. I don't know if the Titanic uh, is the right <laughs> trophy. That's the best sink. I Thank you, Leia. Yeah. What, what else could it be? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Best cruise ship. <laughs> Best cruise ship? <laughs> oh, so Chris has a, a follow-on here. Why our boat was named an unusual name. Uh, my daughter-in-law, Tanya, the captain of our cardboard boat, corrugated cardboard only, explains the name of the boat below. Nothing says Christmas like a beaver. The story behind our cardboard boat. <laughs> Once upon a... The, a Christmas. Oh my God! How 15 long? Fifteen is- <laughs> years ago, my family and I enjoyed a walk around Longview. Uh-huh. We were dressed against the cold and enjoying displays of lights on the houses in the neighborhood. As we approached one house that featured a fairly impressive display, including the popular light-up animals, Jan was heard to ask incredulously, "Is that a beaver?" Mm-hmm. We all looked to see what had caught her attention to see the small wire and a light polar bear cub. And while some of us could see how it could be mistaken for a beaver, 
Laura lost no time in replying snarkily to her mother, yes, because nothing says Christmas like a beaver. We are something of a jovial bunch, so we laughed it off, confirmed that it was indeed most likely a polar bear, and continued on our walk. As the next Christmas began to approach, I thought fondly of our walk the prior year and thought it might be amusing to find Christmas cards featuring beavers. Mm -hmm. What started as a whim turned into an intense search before I made my discovery and subsequent purchase. I proudly mailed some adorable Christmas cards to the family that year with a phrase, nothing says Merry Christmas like a beaver printed inside. Longview added its regatta to the go forth of festivities sometime in the last 15 years. Families, companies, or any group that wishes to compete may register, build a boat out of corrugated cardboard, and race for a corrugated trophy. As a family, we have enjoyed watching the spectacle while enjoying a picnic lunch at the lake. Someone in the family would occasionally remark that it might be enjoyable to participate some year. Yeah. This year, sometime at the end of May, we were gathered together playing board games when one of our own... I must own that I don't remember who, but I think it might have been Laura, announced that this year's regatta theme would be Christmas in July. Oh. I knew in a moment that this was our year. We should do a boat that looks like a log felled by beavers. We could have a beaver in a Santa hat. I announced with something of a giggle as I pictured it. There was a bit of riot at the table as we all threw ideas at the suggestion. And the next thing we knew, we had confirmed we had a confirmed rowing team and volunteers to help build the boat. Chris volunteered to spearhead the building and Teresa offered up her space in the garage. We had just over a month to complete our task and be prepared to row for the masses at the next go forth regatta. That's hilarious. I love it. Okay, so Chris, I'm going to let you in on a very hot tip. Since you are a fan of Christmas beavers, uh, the Walmart online and in store sometimes you can only buy them in store has a large assortment of odd animals yes wearing christmas hats Mm -hmm. and well there's one that i really need to get next year and it's uh a very fancy cow it's like a high it's it's a highland cow wearing it sure yeah Yeah. because they were sold out Mm -hmm. but they also have a beaver and a okay. Santa hat. So when the Christmas stock releases, which I'm assuming is any day now, because we're in July. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walmart converts everything over to Christmas pretty soon here. Go get it. Because would that not blow your family's minds? You could do your Christmas cards could literally be family pictures with the Christmas beaver. <laughs> yes. Do it. That's awesome. All right. I'm excited for you. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that wonderful, wonderful family memory. Okay. The next email is titled Ham Radio Success. I love it. And this is from Ned. Hey, Josh and Leia. First off, I passed my general. 31 out of 35. Sorry, I was too fast. That's okay. 31. Out of 35. There you go. I did remote testing through hamstudy.org with WMXY. It was super easy. I woke up really early, did a practice test, and tested in the bathroom. They recommend right. testing there. I also tested in a bathroom for my tech. It's just the testing bathroom now. <laughs> the testing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
I did tell my wife I was taking a test beforehand, although the thought of her banging on the bathroom door screaming, what are you doing in there? And my response being, I'm taking a test, would have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. I have a Baofeng and tried to hit the repeaters in my area, but no one is ever on them. I heard about DMR through the Ham Radio Workbench podcast using Pi Star Hotspot. I have a Raspberry Pi laying around, so I bought MD380 and MMDVM hat. Okay. Some trial and error, but I managed to set up Pi Star and program the code plug on my MD380. Right now, I'm listening to the Worldwide Talk Group as I type this. Ham radio success. Dopamine released. I can't wait to check out the HRCC Digital Net and a couple of digital nets my local ham club has. Excellent. Well, good on you. Good. I've been curious on looking at the Ford Lightning. I don't think it has the towing power I need. Uh, I own two and a half horses. One is a pony the size of a Great Dane. Well, let me rephrase. My wife has horses. Between pulling horses and using it to carry round bales of hay that can weigh from 500 to 1,600 pounds, Mm -hmm. I just don't think it has enough towing capacity, and I don't want to be stuck on the side of the road. Not many chargers in my area of town. Yeah. So I've been looking at diesel trucks. Sure. Uh, it, it totally depends on the range that you're going. So you can generally assume that if you're trying to use a Ford Lightning to tow, that you're going to just like take the range of that, whatever the truck is, yeah. and just cut it in half. That That's just a safe assumption. Right. You'll probably still make it if you, if you literally cut it in half and you got a couple of miles plus or minus, you're probably going to be fine. It's totally dependent on ranges. Yeah. Now, if you have a very like high efficiency, high you know, or low wind drag trailer, then you're going to get more benefit to the batteries. Right. Right. Now, for some of those hay bales, the 500-pound hay bale, that can probably just go in the bed and it won't be a problem. For the larger ones, um, if you're running a trailer, the trailer might be fine because, again, if it's, it's if, if it, just assume that if the top of the trailer doesn't go above the top of the truck, it's probably going to be fairly okay from a wind resistance standpoint. So you probably are going to be like three-fourths of the capacity of the battery if you have a low wind resistance uh, trailer. So people with like tent trailers or low drag trailers that you put gear on, those do okay. Okay. Yeah, generally. I've been talking to my Dale Grimble friend. Oh, sorry. I forgot that you aren't from uh, Texas. Dale Gribble. Sorry. Gribble. And probably don't watch King of the Hill. I have absolutely watched King of the Hill. Basically, he is my paranoid prepper friend. Anytime a helicopter flies by, he calls me asking if I saw the UN helicopter. He said that diesel engines don't use spark plugs for compression. So if you find an older truck without a computerized timing belt, then it could withstand an EMP attack. I take that with a grain of salt. The cool thing about diesel for preppers is that you can make diesel out of vegetable oil, biodiesel, Mm -hmm. and use motor oil. Yeah. Just need an old water heater. There are videos on YouTube. Heck, you run it on bunker fuel if you have to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a few notes about and let me, diesel yeah. right now. Go ahead, go ahead, please. Okay, I have, I have comments. Diesel, diesel. In at the very, you're in Texas, so you may not have this issue. Mm-hmm. In California, 
uh, everyone is moving to a biodiesel. Mm -hmm. And at some point, regular diesel number two is what we use out here, will probably not be available. Okay. And the biodiesel doesn't actually run very well. Like in an emergency, you can use it. But mm -hmm. to regularly run biodiesel in some cars can actually do quite a bit of damage. Uh, Sure. So, yeah, you, you can't just take like... A, a Dodge Ram diesel and throw biodiesel into it and think that it's going to just run. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. Every vehicle that I've ever seen that is capable of using biodiesel is like some 1970 Volvo that somebody's modified to be able to accept biodiesel. It's not a like direct for, exchange. For, for long-term use. Like the, that's if, their daily in a, driver. In a, in a pinch... Like I'm sure, sure. That, like in an emergency situation, you, you use what you can. Right. right. And and you probably also have to keep the revs up because it probably can't sustain long term without like keeping the volume of compression higher, that kind of thing. And that being said, okay. diesel refining. I, I love we're talking about combustion. This is yeah. a big thing for me. So diesel refining mm -hmm. as these plants start to age. Mm-hmm. They are doing a very poor job of refining the diesel fuel. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there is a large amount of contaminants. Sure. But, I mean, you could still backyard make biodiesel. I'm not even talking about biodiesel. I'm talking diesel number two, standard oh, diesel. Oh, just, just they straight They are doing refining. a very poor job. Really? Yes. So yeah. our just standard pump diesel that a semi-truck operator would use, the quality is going down, at least in California. We don't yes, know. Yes, right. I don't know what it's like in Texas. Uh, you know what? That's oil country. I'm sure they take way more I'm pride they, in yes, yes, their they fuel do. out there. I'll just say, yes, they do. <laughs> but in California, it's something, if you're looking at uh, diesel cars, just be really wary of what you're buying for your fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and realize that whatever you, if you're buying now, you've got to buy something that where the manufacturer is telling you it is biodiesel compatible. Yeah, I don't even know what that looks like in, in a diesel engine. Like I, I'm assuming, you know, so once upon a time when you, when you got an old like, you know, 60s-ish car, like I had a Mustang, that was my first car, we had to go through a process of hardening the um the valve seats mm -hmm. because at the time they were using leaded gasoline mm -hmm. and leaded gasoline solves many problems. It, it prevents yeah. knocking. But also creates serial killers. So. Right. It, it creates violence in a, in a yeah. community. Um, so when we went from non-leaded gasoline and we wanted to run that in the Mustang, we had to harden all the valve seats and do a number of other things, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming biodiesel has something that you have to do to a standard diesel engine. Yeah. And I'm also guessing that, again, if we're talking about a Volkswagen Jetta or a Volvo, mm -hmm. the diesel engine in that is probably a little bit easier to get running than a Cummings diesel that's going to be running a semi-tractor. Right, right. Right. Like that's that's a whole different ball, ball of wax. All right. So Ned continues, trigger warning, Leia. We own about 20 chickens. Chicken army. 
Leia yeah, has start- been triggered. She's officially triggered. We started with 10, then our friend moved out of state and gave us what was going to be seven chickens. Well, those chickens had babies, and now we have 20 chickens. That's chicken math. That's... <laughs> Our friend gave us a new coop. It is a metal push connect frame. Well, I didn't, we didn't take a picture of how it was supposed to go together when we disassembled it. So we were trying to figure out how this coop goes together. My wife got frustrated and stormed off and said, if you think you can do it, have at it. Yes. Yeah, that is that about right. You've never said I anything put, like that before. I put it together in about an hour. <laughs> she asked how I figured it out. It can only go together one way. I started from the base and worked my way up. That's one of the ham radio mottos. Try it out. Doesn't work. Try a different way. The other motto is it depends. Just like <laughs> yes, setting up my correct. pie star. It was a puzzle I had to figure out. That's a ham radio hacker brain for you. Well, it's time to fire up the hacko and practice hacko. Hacko. And practice soldering with this roulette wheel kit I got from Velamin. I plan on getting uh, one of those qmx from qrp labs and put my general license to good use good for you 73 ned ki5 wco i read that as kiwico so that's (laughs) thanks again ned i think i say that every time ned writes it Mm -hmm. the next email is you know what before i congratulations Mm -hmm. a big congratulations on your 31 out of 35 ned Good for you. Yeah. Really putting me to shame. Thanks a lot. I'm very happy for you. I'm so happy for you. It's good for you. It's good good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) What's that from? Anybody remember that? Who said that? Who said that? Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. You did. You just said it. Nope. (laughs) That is an old uh, Mike KMRD and I quote. So Mike said it? No. The, who said it? Christopher Walken. Oh, that checks out. But okay. What movie? There you go. I don't know. It's not for you, Leah. It's not this for me. Not for oh, okay. You. This is for the podcast. Listener. All right. Well, everybody I let know us know. that you are not well-versed in the Christopher Walken mythos okay. of, of movies. The next email is titled 13 Colonies Special Event. And this comes from John, the no-code general. Okay. Hi, Leah and Josh. I just finished my second evening shift as an operator for one of the special event stations for the 13 Colonies event. Amazing. Thank you for writing in. The annual event runs from July 1st to July 7th each year. So it ends at 11.59 Friday night Eastern time. It celebrates the original 13 English colonies in America with one station at each of the colonies from New Hampshire down to Georgia. Good. There are also three bonus stations, one in Philadelphia where the Declaration of Independence was signed, one in England representing King George III... What comes next? <laughs> Soon you'll see. You remember <laughs> you belong to me. <laughs> then, Oceans rise, empires fall. There you go. That was what you wanted. And one, <laughs> and one in France celebrating support given by the French to the American Revolution. I have done a lot of potas, but never experienced a pile up like I had tonight. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you for your service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to kick in the butt of the British. 
20 meters at 11 p.m. Eastern had a pipeline open to the deep south and the Pacific Northwest. After a few futile minutes trying to catch call signs in the pileup, I started calling by the numbers. Pause so that Josh can explain what that means. Calling uh, by the numbers. Yeah, so the number, the numbers. So taking six calls. Okay. Taking five calls, taking zero calls, one calls. Literally because that's how wide his, how wide and deep his pileup was that yeah. he had to break it down mm. before even trying to understand the cacophony of noise. Mm-hmm. So when he was calling CQ, he was getting back so much that he could not discern even the first half of a call sign. And even if he did like a KN6 uh-huh. or a KN5, yeah. he'd get another 50 stations calling Yikes. back, right? Okay. So he'd have to just narrow it down to a smaller set. All right. The people calling me were gracious and patient. I even got several DX stations, including one from Russia. By midnight, the band was closing, and so were my eyes. It was getting too hard to make out the calls, so I threw in the towel and called QRT. When I checked the log, I had 81 contacts in 54 minutes. Wow. Good for you. That's a lot, I think. I I, I like that. Leia says, that's a lot, I think. (laughs) I do not know if that's a lot or not, but it sure seems like it to your, me. Your Q rate's real high. That's a that's a good Q rate. That's really good. Anyway, done. when I get up Friday, I will be working six and ten meters if the bands are open, yes. which they have been in the last few yeah, days. Very good. I will probably stick to FT8, and as I will be multitasking, I would re- like to remind all of the technicians out there, like Leia, thank you, <laughs> that Damn. six and ten. Damn. Are open to them and they can participate in these events. I, You know what? We should go blooded. We, we, we should do a date night. Okay, here's the date night. Leia, here's the date night. Oh, date, you're going to plan one? Date night is that um, we go to a poda. So we get, you know, drop the kids off at your mom's. Uh-huh. Of course, of course. That's where they want to be. They don't want to be here. They want to be with your mom. Okay. Drop the kids off, mm-hmm. right? Go to a poda. You run the pile up. Okay. You run it. Okay. You run my call sign, the whole thing. All right. People lose their minds. It's going to be great. Okay. It's going to be beautiful. And, oh, so then you think that's going to make me want to get my general. I'll log for you. Okay. I'll log. I'll okay. do all the things. All right. You just respond. And then we go somewhere nice for dinner. Okay. <laughs> all right. I truly... Pack it all up, head out, do the dinner. Okay. I'll think about it. I truly hope that all the techs out there, like Leia, will we'll try to get on HF and participate in special events like this one. You know what, Leia? We can oh. even do a POTA on 10 meters where you use your call sign as a technician. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, that's 73 john the no code general with a 7300 uh oh uh okay there's a additional note i will not read it john thank you so much uh especially for the shade that's so nice was that special shade (laughs) no it says do not read this okay All hey, right. that's the best way to tell us not to read something. That's <laughs> say, do not read this. Or in the subject line, say, not for the podcast. Just a reminder for everybody that emails Well, us. everything else was for, yeah, 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 absolutely. except for I, the I know part. it was, yeah. but yeah. Well, that's so cool. I, uh, I, 
I'm super interested in the 13 Colonies event. I wonder if they go 24 hours. I might, when we end the podcast, I might go check. Sure. Or you can just do it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you know how I roll. Into the into the shack. <laughs> That's how you roll. I roll right you into the shack. You gotta kick your way into the shack. <laughs> Violently, confidently kick. All right. Reference unknown to the podcast. <laughs> Josh, I had a basket, a metal a, a, basket. A metal that I bought for you, by the yes. way. Yes. I love this basket. I think it looks great. I'm looking at it right now. Beautiful. I had heavy it. metal, like heavy as hell. This yeah. metal basket. I had it. Uh, I had used it today and just put it in my office so that I could then put it away. And Josh, for some reason, goes no, no. into my office. No, it was not in your office. What do you mean it wasn't in my it office? Was in, it, was, it was in the hallway to go to your office. It was blocking half of the hallway. Oh, it was by the front door. It was by the front door. Okay. And I kicked the crap out of it. And I don't know why foot. you and were I kicking said, so hard I while said, you're walking. I kicked the crap out of it. And she she thought that I was like goose stepping <laughs> through the house. What? I, why are you kicking while you walk? And, I, and then now we just turn into the skid. <laughs> and we go with, Now well, we're yeah, all kicking while we now walk. We all, all the kids are doing it. Like you confidently, this is how you assert your dominance, is by confidently walking steadily into wherever you're going. With your arms up and shimmying. It's pretty scary to kick while you walk. Though. Oh, yeah. You I know. Can, you can really kick some things. Yes, I know. That's it. The danger is what builds the confidence <laughs> and shows your dominance to others. All right. And I was literally not goose stepping. I just actually kicked it because I was literally stepping and felt like I broke my pinky toe. I don't mean to laugh at your pain. You love it when I hurt my foot <laughs> kicking don't, something. I don't. You love it. I don't. I don't. You, you love it in, whenever I get hurt. I do not. You do. I don't. Even when, even when you know it's not good to like. Just. Even when you know it's like, this is really because he's actually he actually really hurt himself. <laughs> you can see it in your face. You're almost like busting up internally. Like. <laughs> really bad that's so bad can i get you something honey i sir or another thing to kick <laughs> I... with your other foot even it out maybe you don't want to like you are so i just i i have a i have a normal human thing that i, do. I like to watch videos on the internet of children getting hurt i think that's rational you just like your spouse getting hurt. <laughs> no that's not true that's what you like you like to see me get hurt it's even better when you see it <laughs> then you're like really like this is the this is where you're at <laughs> all right well you know what? now it's time so it's the fun You're just thinking about me getting hurt right now. No. The next and last email. Oh, here we go. Is titled, Regarding the Story of a Ham Saving Money. Mm. And this comes from Volunteer Podcast co-producer, Jake. Jake! Evening Pod, Ooh. KO4JUZ here. 
Now, I didn't entirely forget about the pledge. This is so much shade. <laughs> In fact, you know what? I welcome the shade. Bring it. <laughs> it's only giving her more power. <laughs> Let me know how disappointed you are. Just get it out now. Okay. Get it all out. In fact, I still have the money stash away in the savings account and a stellar 3% interest rate. This is not only the story of a ham saving money, but this is a story of a ham making money. Now, an astonishing $101.26 stonks. <laughs> if Wait, 3% is pretty good for a savings account? You said savings account? That's 3%? Yes. That's not... That's a different. That's like a money market account or something. I don't know where you've been, but interest rates are bonkers right now. That's a savings account is three percent. That's what, like, savings account rates are tied to. And actually, wait, seriously. So banks are so concerned right now about where interest rates are going to go, mm-hmm. right? That the CDs, mm-hmm. a CD that is about six months has a higher interest rate than a one year to a three year CD oh. because they have to be competitive. Yeah. They have to be competitive with their interest rates, right? Right, because everybody knows the interest rates are higher. So they have to also offer higher interest rates, but they also don't know if interest rates are going to drop. Right. So it's actually like the, I want to say a CD that's about six months Uh is 5%. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wait, so a savings account is literally 3% right now? If I'm not getting that. That's why I'm. I mean, he said savings account at 3%. Yeah, that's a, that's what the savings account, if you have an adjustable rate savings account, yeah. I have to go check my savings account now. This is crazy. Get that money. If charity Get is that not, bag. If charity is not enough motivation for Leia, I honestly don't know what is. Well, it wasn't because she didn't do it. It's true. You know what? But Jake, it wasn't... It wasn't that I don't care about charity. It's just that I care about you more. <laughs> I wanted you to keep that money for yourself. Well, he invested you know? it. Yeah. So now you you have a fund that you're growing. Yeah. Maybe instead, for every month delayed, $10 gets transferred from the account into Ben and Edison's Fortnite and Roblox accounts. Oh, sorry to spoil this for you, but they don't have either. We don't let them <laughs> yeah. play either. I think Edison tries to sneak it every once in a he while. Definitely does. But uh yeah, he has he just doesn't have free access to those. But so. he's also a filthy iPad casual, so <laughs> he wouldn't be if he had access to other things. Every every like couple of months they try to argue Roblox with me. Mm-hmm. Like all the other kids, blah blah blah. You know what the problem with Roblox is? There's just is that, no, yeah, like, there's no, no quality control on the games. You have no idea. There are. I have literally watched semi documentaries about, you know, PDs yeah. that are like making mods on Roblox. Yeah. That have these Discord channels where they like because anybody can create a Roblox game and sure. Upload it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there are some like dark aspects yes. to Roblox, like yeah. some serious. If anything, I'd be more okay with them playing Fortnite than Roblox. Yeah, they're not allowed to play Fortnite though because there's a a scrolling chat on Fortnite. That's the other thing. We we just limit their ability to do anything that has like live chat with mm-hmm. strangers. That was also one of the like moments where I realized like gaming has I am now old in gaming. Why? So Fortnite, so there's there's now two modes of Fortnite, but the original mode of Fortnite was a build mode like Mm -hmm. you would you would farm materials and you could use that to build structures Mm -hmm. in part of it being a first person shooters Mm. so for me i'm i'm all first person shooter i can go nuts like i i'm still good Mm -hmm. i used to actually compete on a (laughs) worldwide level before people actually made money in in gaming way back way back Uh, But then they're now building these contraptions, and that's like a level that I can't really do. Like, Mm. I can't build these weird contraptions, do all the things. I I haven't practiced with it. I don't really care either. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, they have a mode now for, like, boomers, basically, that's no build. It's just shooting. Oh, my God. You're a boomer gamer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I qualify as a boomer gamer for sure. How embarrassing for for you. I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I just... You need more. I've seen things you haven't seen before. You need more brain plasticity. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Jake says, I'm still flushing out the details. <laughs> uh, anyways, good luck on studying for the, and it's extra crossed out, general. <laughs> good job, Jake. Good job. Your investing volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake, KO4JUZ73s. Jake, I have an idea for you. Uh-huh. For every month that I don't get my general, mm-hmm. what you should do is go spend the $10 yourself, take a picture of yourself with whatever you spent the $10 on. Oh, and send and, it and, in. Yeah. <laughs> of him enjoying his life. Yes. <laughs> $10 air. A month. Yeah. $10 a month. Yeah. He can... I mean, a, a really hot tip is that the grilled cheese sandwiches at Starbucks are really good. So maybe just eat one of those a month, you know? Because <laughs> they're $10? Are they $10? I think they're less than $10. And you can get like brewed coffee or something for a couple bucks. It's $10 right there. Starbucks has a lot of my money, unfortunately. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for the shade, Jake. I really appreciate it. Uh, Glad that you have uh, extra earnings. And uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and donate $100 to a charity. (laughs) Just remove the shade entirely. I do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just kneecap the shade. Yeah. Every month, Leia doesn't get the general. You have to donate money to a charity to a oh, loot farm that... what what if every month that i didn't get my general you gave money to a cause that i hate <laughs> <laughs> that's an option you just send money to karen wilson <laughs> oh wow you would be general <laughs> D- done <laughs> i'm testing monday <laughs> 
don't give that witch an, a dollar. <laughs> if I even echoed that, you would have been like, you shut the podcast down right now. I'll be back when I'm done. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That would That is an option. That is truly motivating. Your, your face you're making right now. Just... <laughs> I, All right, I gave well, it to the it. United Karens Fund of America. <laughs> You're just donating into an HOA. <laughs> just throwing money into a trash. You just pile. look up the most egregious HOAs and send them money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sending it to their legislative fund. <laughs> their lobbying fund to make more Don't HOAs. Don't do it. Don't do it. I would never do that. Do I would never 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 never. Even if it meant me never getting my general. Yeah, no, yeah, no. There's some things that are more important yes. than you getting your general. Principles. Principles, that's yes. right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We've all wrapped it up here. Reminder to everybody, if you send us an email, make sure you send it to Leah at hamtactical.com. We love to hear your stories about your journey through ham radio. Love to answer those questions. And if you send us a merch idea... And we like it. We'll put it on hamtactical.com and we'll give you one for free. We have a lot of fun making this podcast and the fact you contribute to it means a lot to us. 73. 73.